Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 264 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net, but not on Twitch.tv slash Sifted Games. Unfortunately, we're having to do this episode offline because, well, I guess it's good news and bad news. The good news is we have a new studio. Um, this was going to be the second. Not this one. Not this one. <laughs> this, this was going to be the second to last episode filmed here at this studio. Now we're only going to have one episode left here. Uh, where we can say bon voyage to uh, this classic location that we've been at for two years. Unfortunately, once I signed the lease to the new place, I called our internet service provider, and I told them to shut off our internet on July 31st. Fine, no problem. Come in today. Luckily, I got here really early today. Uh, Come in today, no internet. Call the internet service provider. They apologize. They tried to reactivate it remotely four times. It wouldn't work. They said they have to send somebody out to manually reactivate our account that can't happen till thursday because all their appointments are booked and so here we are doing the show offline and uh, you guys are not able to, to participate with us which sucks because i felt like we kind of turned a corner last week in mm. integrating the chat into the show a little bit more um that will be a part of game face when we go to our new location in addition to several other kind of tweaks that we're making to the show i'm really excited about it really excited about the new location it's definitely the best studio we've ever had, hands down. So really let's, excited let's about... Let's not make bold proclamations here. What'd you say? Let's not make too many bold proclamations here. Well, you've seen it. I've, I've seen our other studios. I don't know what the best studio we've ever had is well, I don't a huge think, statement. I don't think the level, the bar is all that high, No, is my point. No. <laughs> and I think this one is hands down better than the two that we've had previously. So I'm really excited for that. Um, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to see that until... Two weeks from today, we'll be in our new studio. And the way the timing is working out, there's plenty of time for us to move in, get everything set up, set up the new set for Game Face, and be ready for Tuesday, two weeks from now. So really excited about that. Um, Really bummed that we can't do the show live with you guys today. I know you guys are an integral part of what we do on Game Face, uh, but you're just going to have to watch the archive for one week. And it also sucks because we have a great show today. We have tons of great topics uh, great game. Well, we'll talk. Well, I don't know about great games, but some big, yeah. some important games to talk about today. Um, and before we get started, I do have a couple other notes. Uh, first of all, Ask Shane Anything is live this Saturday at noon. Um, and again, that is the live recording of that is only for people who <laughs> pledge seven dollars or more per month. Um, and we'll remind you on Twitter over the next couple of days, and on Saturday morning we'll remind you again on the site and again on Patreon. Um, and then once we actually go live with the recording, go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sifted. And if you're pledging at $7 or more per month, there will be a post there that gives you the Zoom call info so you can get in on the call. Hope to see everybody there. Uh, we're coming off of E3. There's a bunch of stuff going on. You guys should have a bunch of great questions to ask me. But as always, you can ask me about whatever you want as long as it's not crazy personal. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else do we got here? Um Actually, I think that is it for housekeeping stuff. Matt, how was your week? Uh, fine. Yeah. Oh, not a whole lot happening. Little uh, little movie night action. Watched all of Loki in one sitting. Oh, what did you think um, of that? Seems re- like it's getting good response from I re- most people. I really liked it. Uh, I thought the last episode, um, not goes off the rails, but uh, sort of bogs itself down in setting up later MCU stuff more than res- resolving any of the character stuff and then at the end they're sort of like Loki will return in season two and it's like okay so you're just pushing the end of your story to two years from now 
if we're lucky. Wait, is it going to be um, two years before another season? Uh, looking at their schedule, I'd be surprised if we saw Loki season two before like the end of next year. Yeah. Wow. Um, they got they got to sh- shoot it. You know, they got like a bunch of shows, and you know, you got we're about to move into What If, and then we got Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel and She Hulk and Moon Knight. And Jeez. there's a lot. I mean, they got their their Disney Plus lineup, uh, you know, slotted out till like, at least next summer. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a while. But uh, how many I re- episodes were there? Were six, six in Loki. Six episodes. But, were they an hour long? Uh, roughly, like you know, they're kind of as long as they need to be. You like know, they'll be for, an hour when they appear on TV with commercials eventually. No, that'll never happen. Yeah, I guess it won't. No. It's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, you think these services might think about licensing stuff like that out eventually? Never. Really? Disney Plus never. Other huh. stuff, sure. Like. Yeah, like some if you don't have a streaming service, sure, but like I mean, maybe HBO. Uh, they have exclusive stuff to some Warner Brothers stuff. Uh, Warner Brothers might eventually go for like kind of you know commercial TV at some point. Disney, no, they want you in that ecosystem. I can't see them ever doing that. I'm even thinking about like Netflix with like Bloodline or Ozark. Could you ever see them? No, no Netflix really? will never. Net- Netflix, you're lucky they, if they release it on disc. You know, like. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it seems like they're shutting themselves off to a revenue stream because you they don't have to, care. You would have to take stream. it off of Netflix. You could leave it there. They don't care. They they want you to have to have Netflix to watch it. That's oh. the whole point. We're actually going to talk about Netflix in today's episode a little bit later on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm surprised to hear that though. Even like 15, 20 years from now. I mean, we'll see. Who knows? Who will be in charge of the company by then? But uh, yeah, they want because good the, shows are evergreen. You know, the, the last the, you got like that doesn't do them any good. Yeah. Letting you watch it offline doesn't do you do them any good, and it gives them nothing, and it forces them to go into a, you know, a production uh, pipeline that they have no feelers in. You mm-hmm. know, like like they are not a media company; they are a streaming service, and yeah. they will likely never care about putting anything on disc or letting you watch it another way. Interesting. Uh, before we get started, there are a couple other things. Uh, this is Game Face, the flagship show of the world's most advanced gaming website at sifted.net. We are typically here every Tuesday at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Obviously, not today. Um, I'm Shane Satterfield. You can find me on Twitter at Denfire, and that's Matt Kyle. And you can find him on Twitter at mkyle. That's M-K-E-I-L. And with that, I think we're ready. But first, a word from our sponsor. It's time to find out why everyone is buying homes in Montana. The Shazer Ryan Realty has a totally remodeled four-bedroom, three-bath home for sale in Libby, Montana. Nestled next to the mountains on Libby Creek, this split-level home features almost 3,300 square feet of living space and includes a fully finished basement, a two-car garage, a barn, a shop, and much more. There's a covered back porch just off the kitchen, so you can enjoy your morning coffee the way nature intended. At $479.9, it's an absolute steal. They're selling homes as fast as they can list them. So if you're interested, do not hesitate to call Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643. Even if you don't live in Montana, you can contact the professionals at DeShazer Ryan Realty and they can help you with property in your area. For more, head to DeShazerRyanRealty.com. That's DeShazerRyanRealty.com. All right, this is the last week of our sponsorship with DeShazer, and I want to take a second to thank them very much and to remind you, if you need property anywhere in the U.S., hit them up. Um, Rewarding our sponsors ultimately rewards us because if they do well with their sponsorships, then they will come back. Um, And if you're interested in sponsoring Game Face, uh, head to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sifted. For just $250 a month, uh, you can get mentioned at the beginning and the ending of the show for a month straight. 
Um, even if you want to promote like your YouTube channel or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, you should, people, people should see that like get more Twitter followers. Or you something. can promote whatever you want. You can promote your Twitter account, whatever, um, your YouTube channel. Your favorite your, sports team. Yeah, you could if you wanted to. <laughs> just, just, make, just make Shane say like root for sports teams he hates. That would, that would be something <laughs> worth paying for. I'll say this. I do have fun with creating these sponsorship ads. Like I have fun like writing them because I never write stuff like this. And, like, so, like, the line in the DeShazer mm-hmm. ad where I talk about, like, having coffee on your back porch the way nature intended. I don't know if right. anyone's laughed at that, but that was meant to be a joke. So, anyway. So, somewhere Sam is gathering $250 to make you say Patriots rule. I may have to for, draw the line week, on that month. one. Any Tom Brady or New England <laughs> Patriots sponsorships, not going to happen. No. <laughs> Anything else I think is fair game. There's, there's an ethical line in the sand there. That Philadelphia Flyers, no way I'm promoting the Flyers. But otherwise, I think anything else is good. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, patreon.com slash sifted, uh, 250 bucks a month to get sponsorship in Game Face. It helps us a ton. It makes a really, really big difference for us, just like Twitch Prime, which is something you can do to help us. It costs you nothing. Um, If you're on YouTube, the instructions are down in the description right now. Once you're linked, it takes two clicks. And it just like sponsorships, it makes a big difference for us. So please consider it. Taking the five seconds to do it, it can make a world of difference for us, and we'd really appreciate it. And with that, it's time to get on with the show, Matt. Big, big news this week. I, it sucks that it came out, like, right after we did the show last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people have already talked about it on podcasts. But uh, Valve announced a new... I guess it's also a hybrid, but instead of being a console handheld hybrid, it's a PC handheld hybrid called Steam Deck. Um, not only that, it's already gone on sale. <laughs> we're actually we're jumping on this a little late, which sucks. Um, but the good news for us is that we're talking about it after a lot of stuff has happened since the announcement. Mm-hmm. We, we have a lot more clarity on it. Um, and the, the short of it is, is that it is a miniature PC that looks like Switch that you can plug into your PC or into any monitor and also play it on the big screen. Um, There's a lot of detail involved in this, a lot of specs that we need to kind of work through. Um, Let's just dive right into it. There's a lot. Um, First of all, where do I even want to start here? Let's talk about the specs. So it has an AMD custom APU that includes both the CPU and the GPU in one chip. Um, It's quote-unquote, optimized for handheld gaming. It has Zen 2 plus RDNA 2 um, architecture, and its target is 720p on medium to high settings when in handheld mode. That may Mm -hmm. perk up some people's ears. However, when it's wired, Valve claims it can do 8K at 60 hertz and 4K at 120 hertz. I'm guessing you'd have to crank the settings way down to make that happen. Yeah, that maybe on the same settings, possibly. <laughs> maybe. Like medium or something. Um, the chip is built around, uh, as I said, the Zen 2 and RDNA 2 architecture. It's the same one found in the AMD Ryzen 3000 processors, which are no slouch. Mm. Um, and within the uh, Steam Deck, there are four Zen 2 cores capable of eight threads. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with what all this stuff that we're talking about. The uh, RDNA 2 architecture is basically the GPU. And then the Zen 2 architecture is basically the CPU, but as we said, it's all on one chip. Um, That means there's eight compute units for a total of 512 cores. For reference, Xbox Series X has 20 compute units 
or sorry, Xbox Series S, not X, has 20 compute units, and uh, overall, basically the synopsis of it is that people are saying it's roughly the same power as the base PS4, but in a handheld. Mm-hmm. Certainly more powerful than Switch. Sure. Um, I think that's safe to say, although people have been yeah. arguing that. Uh, they're wrong. <laughs> uh, the PS4, vanilla PS4 is definitely more powerful than a Switch. Yes, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, people are, you know, pointing to the 720p stuff and saying, well, you know, if it runs in 720p. It runs in 720p because there's no reason to run any higher than that in a handheld. Like, right. like yeah. 1080p doesn't do you any good five inches from your face. Well, what people are wondering, though, is when you play it in 1080p on a TV, mm-hmm. does Switch, is Switch a little better comparison then? Is it a little more favorable for Switch in that scenario? Probably not. Because if you're going to play it, if you're, when you play this on a TV, it says it can do 4K. Yeah. So who cares? What the My guess is that's like indie games and... I think it's probably reachable if you're going for medium settings. You think so? Uh, if this is not a powerhouse. Th- you know, this is yeah. better than the Switch, and that's about all it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, like, if Nintendo were is to put out a Switch 2 in a couple of years, it's probably going to outclass this, especially if they're using DLSS on it. Um there you go. You know, what are you going to do? Like, um, this has a lot more bells and whistles in terms of controls and sort of how it all functions there. But like, uh, this is not like, oh my god, you've blown the switch out of the water. Power. This yeah. is like better than this. Probably what the switch should have been. Power. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. Um, there is 16 gigabytes of DDR5 RAM. That's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you think about it, what they squeezed into this form factor is pretty freaking mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, there's a. It's, it's ne- nice that it's, I mean, it's still pretty thick. It's still a pretty hefty unit. I mean, deck is the right word for it. Um, but, you know, they've crammed a lot in there. Uh, I I know they've already said that it will not have the drift problem that the Switch has, but I feel like once you cram that much stuff in mm-hmm. there, something's going to something's gonna give. It does. Ap- I can't wait to see what its endemic problems are. Let's put it that way. It is funny. If you go to the official Steam Deck page that Valve published, they have the analog stick construction there mm-hmm. on this to show you that they custom built the sticks and they're not using the same parts yeah. that are in literally every other controller that suffers from stick drift. So there's a chance mm-hmm. that they may have fixed it, but it, it no also, matter what, eventually the parts are going to yeah, wear out. Also, it looks uncomfortably like a Game, game Gear. It does. It, <laughs> it also looks huge, Matt. Yeah, Look at that right there. I mean, it's actually not that much bigger. It's I have the number here. The screen so. definitely looks bigger than even the OLED. It is. It's seven inches diagonal. Mm. Okay, same as the OLED then. Yep. Um, 60 hertz LCD, and it is a touchscreen. Its resolution is 1280 by 800. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's six centimeters bigger than Switch. That's actually a good bit bigger. Now that but isn't that it. bigger than... That's the same size as the OLED Switch, though, isn't it? I don't seven, think seven OLED, OLED... 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 OLED switch is quite as big. I thought it was seven inches. Is it? That's what no, I No, I was talking about the screen diagonally is seven so inches. So am I. Oh, okay. That's oh, how you, you measure you're screen. You're asking about the screen. Yeah. I was talking about the actual size of the unit. No. It's six it, centimeters. No, the the unit is definitely bigger. Yeah. It's um, six centimeters bigger than switch, which is yeah, not nothing. No, but the, but the, sc- I mean, the switch is already too big, but uh, like this is not a portable device to me. Um, in the same way the Switch the switch isn't either. Like, But this is definitely not a portable device, especially because of how goddamn much it costs. Yeah. I ain't taking we'll, that anywhere. We'll get into all the pricing and all that, but you're right. Uh, that is definitely something to consider. It is not cheap. I mean, I don't even think the Switch is cheap for what it is, to the be The Switch honest. is not, but it is 
reasonable. Reasonable, and there, you know, we'll get into the we'll get into the storage thing. Yeah, we will. Uh, yep. Because what the fuck? I know, dude. I know. Um, it has speakers and a headphone jack, and they said they put a lot of work into the speakers so that it'll sound good if you're not using headphones. As we mentioned, it has. Here's the other thing: the controls in this are insane. It has two analog sticks with capacitive touch, meaning the sticks know when you're touching them. Mm-hmm. Um, it has assignable grip buttons, view and menu buttons, two trackpads that, that they've upgraded from the Steam controller. Um, with It says 55% better response than the Steam controller. Um, and as I said, two programmable paddles, which is important. You can assign whatever you want. It has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Um, and then Valve is saying that the battery, and here's a wide range, is from two to eight hours of gameplay. Mm. That's a pretty wide range there. So, like, whether you're playing Doom or, like, Sudoku. Right, It <laughs> yeah. depends what you're It's really get. the difference between really intensive 3D games yeah. and 2D games, is my guess. You'll get... Like, if you want to browse the Steam store for eight hours, you can probably sure. do that. You can, it'll yeah. last for eight hours. If you want to play games, probably... probably two, three, you're yeah, looking at. that's my guess. And, again, that kind of falls in line with the right. Switch, to be honest with you. That's the kind of... I mean, uh, I think there is a ceiling here to what we can do with a handheld... No matter what, I mean, you're scaling yeah. up and down, but like it has a huge battery. Yeah, the Steam Deck does, um, and of course, really the biggest thing, you know, everyone, a system is only a system without software to run on it, and that's where Steam obviously is a huge part of this because your entire Steam library will run on it, and obviously mileage will vary for people depending on how many games they have in their Steam account, but Steam's been around a long time. Most people yeah. have a decent library in there. I know I do. Oh yeah, I got like 1500 games or yeah, something. Yeah, and in I, there. I'm sure a lot of people who have bought bundles. I've played 40 of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we'll get to that too actually mm-hmm. by the time this discussion is over. Uh, but it will run your entire Steam library. Uh, another cool thing that you can do is you can flash it and put whatever OS you want on it. It comes with the Linux-based Steam OS, but you can put Windows 10 or Windows 11 on it if you want to. Um, it is an open platform, and I think that's enticing for people mod support will be included on Steam Deck. That's yeah. a pretty Like, big I'm sure deal. this will be a big emulator thing for people if you want to pay hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of dollars to play 40-year-old ar- arcade games with a trackpad. Well, if you look at stuff like um, the Intellivision Amico... Do I, I mean, have to? No, we're not going to on okay. Game Face. We have really not discussed it at all, despite me talking to Tommy Tallarico on Three Night Weekend and him turning it into, like, an hour-long commercial for the Amico which he probably thought I was oblivious to, but I knew what was going on the whole time. Um, I mean, he's got one thing to do right now, and yeah. it's sell Amico's, So, <laughs> And that is what, like 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. And that thing is it's turning out isn't even as powerful as like an iPhone 10. No. It's actually looking like a piece of junk, to be perfectly honest with uh, you. You're, that's an, it's another uh, solution to search of a problem, <laughs> it's I think. Certainly. He's like, I want to make this for kids. It's like, bro, there's this thing called Nintendo. It's this thing called an iPad. Yeah, it, yeah kids really love and the it, iPad. And it doesn't look like Joust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think uh, the Amico is doomed to failure. Uh, but let's get back to Steam Deck. Uh, there is also an official dock for it, just like with Switch. They have not announced pricing for the dock yet. Um but they, it is also loaded with stuff. Uh, there's a USB-C hub, um, a USB-A 3.1 port, uh, two USB-A 2.0 ports, HDMI 2.0 port, not 2.1, which hmm. how does 4K 120 work with that 2.1? I mean, it can, but the 8K raises a question. I really don't know how that works at all. Um, it has an Ethernet connection and DisplayPort port 1.4. It does require a Steam account. In fact, the pre-orders, 
if you did not had not purchased anything on Steam in the prior however long, you couldn't pre-order. Hmm. They would shut you out. And unfortunately, their database got all screwed up. People who had like 1,500 games weren't able to pre-order mm-hmm. the Steam Deck. Some of us weren't even able to log in and didn't realize that that was what was happening and couldn't figure out why our accounts wouldn't go online. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, if I was like, why is Steam down? And somebody was like, oh, there's Steam Deck pre-orders. It's all crashing. I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. So I thought it was me at first. Yep. So it does require Steam. If you don't have an account, you'll have to get one. I mean, that's not shouldn't be surprising. Yeah. I mean. Um, having to use the Steam account to pre-order it was interesting, but I guess that shouldn't be surprising either. So. Well, part of that was their part of it to p- stop scalpers. Right. And also part of it is um, we're just not used to Steam hardware being in demand. So, like, we've never had to deal with that before. Yeah. You know, it's never been... No one rushed to pre-order an index. Yeah. You know, so... No one rushed to pre-order Steam machines. Or a Steam controller. Or... Or a Steam, Steam Link. Steam Link. Or, yeah. <laughs> or any you finally did it, Gabe. <laughs> you finally got Seriously, someone to buy something. you finally made something that people were excited about, for sure, for, that isn't a video game. For some reason. Yeah. Even all their, their uh, VR stuff. Yeah. Never really made a big ripple. Um, so, it has like been... Like I said, a, the index. It has... Exactly. It has been a long, dry spell for Valve to have a piece of hardware mm-hmm. that uh, people are actually resonating with. If, they finally, if something finally stuck to that wall, yeah. well done. Yep. Um, okay, let's start, going through, let's start going through the three options that you have. So there are three different models of Steam Deck, all with different price points, but the lowest <laughs> price point... There's the inadequate model, the adequate model, and the one you actually want. And the one you want, pretty much. That's a good way to describe it. Um, the inadequate model, as Matt described it, has 64 gigs of eMMC memory, which is basically just flash memory. Yes. AKA, fuck you. Yeah. Like, that's what that. Are you fucking serious? 64 gigs? Witcher 3's install is 51 gigs. With the OS on that thing, you're not going to be able to put Witcher 3 on the fucking machine. Uh, are you out of your goddamn mind? What the fuck is wrong with you people? 64 gigabytes in the year of our Lord 2021? That's nothing. It's That's in- Nintendo shit. Get out of here. For the amount of money they're charging? Come it's on. It's insane, dude. It is insane. Come on. $400 for that. Unbelievable. It really Un- is. Fucking believable. You're right. Yep. Like, I can't believe anyone is buying this thing. Well, apparently, they only sold. So, pre order numbers have kind of leaked out. So, in the first 90 minutes, they pre sold 110,000 of the two top units. Mm. Then they uncovered that they only sold 10,000. Oh, how shocking. Of the base unit. It's also because, like, if you're already in for 400 goddamn U.S. dollars, well, like, not why not just throw another 100 and whatever at the, at the <laughs> one that's almost okay? The other thing, too. What the fuck? Well, here's the thing, Matt. So I think some people thought they could get crafty and they could buy the cheap one and then just buy their Put own. New, no, it's all different. Their own SSD yeah. drive. And no. Gabe actually said that you might be able to make that happen, but he highly suggests. Yeah, you're going to need to like solder it. and shit for that. Like, it sounds like a lot, everything's so integrated on board, you're going to have to rip the thing apart and put yeah, it back I, together. Yeah. I would not recommend trying to go that route at I all. I mean, if you want to go that route, I would say wait and see if somebody can do it on you, you know, see if like Digital Foundry or somebody can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be YouTube videos of people actually. Hacking the thing to bits and putting it back together, but you know we'll see. You got got to make sure that it's at your skill level. It's not practical for most people. I don't think so. I definitely don't think so. I watch all these like repair videos on YouTube. Like they found this old GameCube at the bottom of a lake, and let's get it to work. Like even that stuff, like Mm -hmm. those old consoles, like a lot of those repairs. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like the soldering and like the stuff that they have to do and like rewiring boards and crap. Like, 
no thanks. And I'm pretty tech savvy. I'm obviously not up here. I'm not digital yeah, foundry Like level. I can install a mod chip and yeah. stuff, but like so, this, <laughs> this is beyond, beyond me. It yeah. goes way beyond. Especially for something I just paid an obscenely overpriced amount for. Yep. So that's the for the lowest What if, model. if you're going to charge me 500 bucks plus for something, you just make it good? Oh, Matt, we forgot to mention something, though, that maybe might change your mind. Mm. You get a free carrying case. Ooh. <laughs> or not. To not take it anywhere because <laughs> exactly. I'm afraid of anything happening to it because it's I paid so an obscene amount of money for this damn thing. Yep, and it just gets more expensive. The mid-range model... Has 256 gigabytes, but it ha- and it's an SSD. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, that is literally faster storage. Yep, and it also comes with the Steam Community Showcase Bundle. I'm guessing that's a collection of games, sure, and a carrying case, and that yes. is for five hundred and thirty dollars. So for, for extra, half a grand, <laughs> for an extra hundred and thirty bucks, you get essentially an extra 200 gigabytes of storage space. And it's SSD. And it's SSD. It's like that's the double insult because it's like it's 64 is bad enough, but it's not even good. It's flash. Yeah. Flash. It's, it's, uh. <laughs> you don't know what they're thinking. That's for $530. Apparently they were thinking we're easy to fool, and they were right. Yeah, because, well. Well, I mean, people I, didn't buy the 64 gig one, but you still people still jumped in for 500 and That's double a switch. I mean, 120,000 pre-orders isn't that much. It's enough to push the – if you pre-order something currently, you're going to get it in December next year. Yeah, so. we'll, get, we'll get to that, too. And then there's the Mac Daddy model, the most expensive version. And as Matt said, probably the one you should be targeting, mm-hmm. in all honesty. It will, in fact, make you jump, jump. Yeah, <laughs> It comes with 512 gigabytes of SSD storage. It also comes with a special etched glass on the screen. Uh, it's supposed to be, like, anti-glare. Mm-hmm. Which seems like it's going to be important. It does seem that way. Uh, it also comes with a virtual keyboard theme, and then you get all the other prior stuff that came with all the other versions of it. Um, but do you get the carrying case? You do. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's all worth it now. <laughs> um, so, Matt, if did you buy one of these? Did no! You <laughs> Although I did see a lot of people saying similar shit to what I'm saying right now on Twitter when they announced it, and the next day they were all whining they couldn't get a pre-order. I mean, it seems like people are pretty hyped for this. Like, on yeah. Sifted, people are, like, losing it. A lot of people who, like, were not hyped for it suddenly, like, went full FOMO the next day. I yeah. noticed a lot of that. I mean, some of them need, probably needed it for their work, but I, you could say that about me, and I'm just not going to fucking play that game. So. Yeah. Uh, one thing we should have mentioned, even with the cheapest model is that you can expand the storage with a micro SD card. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be as big as you want. I think the bus on the console is big enough that it can handle any size yeah. card, which is good. But you're still dealing with a kind of a Vita situation here where you're yeah. sort of screwing me on the storage you come with. And you're asking me to pay for yeah. I mean, they already did that with Switch. Uh, and, and God knows what else they're going to charge you for the for the dock right. if you want that. They haven't yeah, announced pricing for that yet either. Like, I'm going to guess that dock is about the price of a Switch. Maybe. I'm going to say 200 bucks. Ooh. I'm saying that's 200 bucks. With the bells and whistles they're talking There's about? There's a lot in it. I think that's a $200 item. I think you're paying almost $1,000 for this thing in the I end. I think you can tax. plug it into a monitor without Yeah, the you can just plug it in, but like the dock yeah. gives you like extra stuff or like probably more convenient or whatever. Yeah. Probably can charge it and yeah, stuff so like that. Yeah, you don't that. have to buy the dock, but you're right. If you want the full-featured Steam Deck. You want the full Steam Deck experience, you're, you're closing in on a grand. Yeah, just build a PC. Right. But you can't take it on the go, Matt. I can, I can, we don't I can, do that. I can take that in it, but I just don't want to do that at all anyway. Like, would, if I don't have the etch screen, I probably can't. I can't see it in the park. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> um, as we mentioned, you had to pre-order the thing through Steam, and you also had to chuck out five bucks just to pre-order. Mm-hmm. 
another attempt at getting around scalpers. Yeah. I should remind Although you. Although they they did make like like a million dollars off that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. just just off charging one hundred and ten thousand, hundred ten thousand, five bucks each yeah. for those. They can now put an escrow and make interest off yeah. of, and yeah. so we, we yeah everyone just gave Valve like a million dollar free loan. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much interest free loan. Yep. Which is what we used to be, be mad at GameStop for. Yeah, it's true. Yep, you're right. Um, now I don't blame uh, Steam or Valve for being paranoid about hardware in that regard. I mean, I don't. Part of me doesn't blame them for hedging their bet on that a little bit because uh, they got stuck with a lot of Steam machines and a lot of Steam, Steam links, links and a lot, like so, like you know, making sure someone puts some money down and says like you know, put down the cost of a Steam link <laughs> in the end, <laughs> if that. Yeah. Um, I think I got one near the end for like three dollars or something. Five dollars like, they sold for yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, and worth every penny. Uh-huh. At five bucks, yeah. <laughs> even though it's only like five hundred pennies. It's yeah. <laughs> what weighs more, the Steam Link or five hundred pennies? Definitely the pennies. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh, like I understand why they did that, but at the same time, you're like, look at all the money we just gave them for yeah. nothing. Yep. Well, initially, all three models were supposed to come out in December. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to pre-order, get it in December, and they are doing a queue, so you can yeah. go and pre-order it right now. And you will be satisfied in the order that you pre-ordered. So you don't have to keep going mm. to websites. Like yeah, open. like take note, everyone else. Right. Like yeah. this is how you do it. Yeah. Steam or Valve has kind of those distribution channels set up already yeah. from its prior products. Which but helps. it's like if you could have just, you know, back in, you know, last September or October, just gone in and pre-ordered a PS5 and it's like you'll get it in August next year. Sorry, but, Everyone but at least you'll them. get it. Yeah, at least like, you don't have to keep jumping through yeah. these hoops trying to find one you don't have to like Best Buy or whatever. play Great White Hunter in the jungles of the Walmart <laughs> website every five minutes or something. So, you know, it, it's, yep. It's like crazy. it's just a more consumer-focused facing yeah. Uh, pr- procedure like yeah. just just let me say I want it and then when you well, have you one for, for me and send it to me send it to me yep. very easy and that is what they're doing with the Steam Deck which is smart yeah um, as we said 110,000 pre-orders in the first 90 minutes of the higher end models 10,000 for the lowest model um, but now everything's been delayed and pushed back so the cheapest model is now delivered Q1 2022 the middle model is now Q2 2022, and the most expensive model is not until Q3 of 2022. I would not be surprised if that stuff gets pushed back. Almost certainly. I would also not be surprised if they can't satisfy all these orders because of the shortage of Hope components. you like getting your $600 system right as they announce the Switch 2. <laughs> well, you know, Nintendo said this week that that's not happening. Like Nintendo stop, says a lot. Stop ta- Well, they don't. They want people to buy the OLED model, and if people know that there's a more powerful one coming, they won't buy the right. new I one. I mean, we know there's a more. They're going to release another system one day. Right. Like we yeah. know that. Like, yeah. They're know, just trying to keep people off sure. the trail so that they'll buy the new one. Um, so that's all the information that we have on Steam Deck at this point. But I have like four questions that I want us to discuss, and we'll see where it all ends up. My first question is, why will Steam Deck succeed where? after and while the steam machines failed i don't know i'm struggling to figure out like what is going to be different about this that is going to make it different than the last time they tried to launch hardware i don't know i don't know why this is popular i don't either i it's huge on gate on sifted yeah i know i'm sure everybody is like losing their minds over it and saying it's going to destroy nintendo and blah 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 no, it, won't, it won't have any impact on nintendo and there were discussions about like software and like was well, it better is the steam software better than having nintendo software 
I don't know that it better? is. Like, I, Which would you rather have? I would rather have the Nintendo system because I can play everything on the Steam Deck on my computer. Yeah, but suppose you don't have a PC that can run most of the games. Then if I'm going to spend $600, I'm going to get a PC. Yeah. I don't want this. Yeah. This has zero uses for me. Yeah, you're not a handheld player at all. No. Yeah, and I and very I, rarely am. And I don't know why anyone would want it. I mean, I guess they give you all the little abilities to do what you need to do to play all the people. Like, but... You know what's easier than that? Using a goddamn mouse. Like, <laughs> who cares? Like, it's just like, what is, I don't get it. I don't, here's I mean, the funny part. I guess if me. you can't always access your PC or, like, you're sharing an office with someone or, like, I get, or, like, you just want to be in your room and not have your parents watch you play the porn game or whatever, like, I guess. <laughs> but, like, I don't understand what this is for. Certainly not for the amount of money they're charging. Yeah. I don't get it either. Honestly, I mean, I'm not. I didn't buy one. Like, and, is it because of the form factor, and like, we're all just sort of like conditioned to think the switch is cool? So, like, here's another way to do switch that switch can't do. So, this is cool automatically because of like the transitive property of cool. I don't know because I looked at that thing. I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. Like, okay, like I said, and I saw the price. I'm like, well, go fuck yourself. Like that was the <laughs> end of that. Like the end of that was the fuck. And I paid eight hundred dollars for a goddamn VR unit I don't use anymore. Yeah. But like, I saw this and I was like, nope. Yeah. No, nope, not doing that. Especially not with that that kind of memory they're doing. Yeah. Like, forget it. Forget it. Why? Yeah. I would use it twice. I do wonder if after this initial sales rush, if it has long term prospects. Good question. And I wonder if you you know you you're about to give everybody a year and a half to think about it. Yeah. Because Valve, let's be honest, did a terrible job of marketing the Steam machines. Mm-hmm. What does what is it going to do with with this that's yeah. going to be different? Well, because it needs of, to do something different, right? Well, that's the main difference. Is like, I mean, not that the Steam Deck does anything different, but it's like you look at that and you understand what it does, right? Like you you look at the Steam machine, you're like, well, why would I do that instead of just building my own or like choosing what I want? Or even at that price point, like, why don't I just go get an Alienware if I'm going to go that route? With well, they the partnered. So in fact, right. this, this trailer right here is for like the Alienware right. Steam machine. But I just, I, like at that point, why not just get something that's a little more versatile and isn't tied into Steam in the first place? So I just get a computer at that yeah. point. Like I don't, I don't want a desktop computer that is basics, you know, built for Steam. I want a computer. Do you think anybody will buy this and try to use it as a computer, install Windows on it? I'm sure and... peop- some people I don't think most people will. I mean, I think most people are looking at this and be like, oh, it's like the Switch, except it plays computer games. Yeah. So I can play, you know, stuff that the Switch doesn't have in the same way I play the Switch. And, like, if you're into the handheld thing, that's cool. Um, did it say how much it weighs? You know what? They did not include that in the spec Because that's a question I have. It looks like it could be really It looks like heavy. a bulk item. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And that uh, could be a problem. You're right. I mean, yeah. that could be a thing that turns people off. But who's going to get well, a chance to hold one right. of these, man? Well, especially because sometimes I like hold. You know, I'm, you know I, you, when you're playing handled stuff. I at least when I used to, I would like be in all kinds of weird positions. Yeah. And at some, you know, at some point, I fall asleep, poof, like lands on my face. Like, and it's one yeah. thing if a Game Boy does that. It's a very different thing if that does that because that's going to kill me. The other thing I would mention you know, when you're talking... Break your nose on a Steam Deck. You don't, you don't get into heaven <laughs> if that happens. The other thing I would mention too when you're talking about like, we'll just use a mouse and keyboard for it. The games that this will play, that I would be interested in playing on it, games that I can't get on my Switch, those games are games that require a mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. They're Civ, like yeah. RTS games. They're grand strategy games. Yeah. Or like, I mean, it's, they do a big thing in the, that little, you know, the demo video of the guy playing the shooter. And it's just, you know, that's where they demo, like, the, you know, being able to move, the, you know, the, 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 the gyro controls, the, the way, like, it knows he's touching the right analog stick, so it knows the gyro when he's doing that and not when he's not touching that. Like, that's mm-hmm. a cool gimmick. But at the same time, I'm looking at that, I'm like, who in the world is going to play that game that way? Right. Like, why yeah. wouldn't, if you, like, 
who jumps on for a casual game of I don't care if I win or lose multiplayer shooter? Yeah, Nobody does not that. Me. <laughs> like, like why wouldn't you play in the most like you know beneficial and yeah. like competitive manner imaginable, which is always, always going to be a desktop PC with a mouse and keyboard. Yep, absolutely. There's a reason I exclude PC players from my uh, server list on Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Believe me. It's, it's just, just completely it's just, unfair. I mean, I, I hate to be a broken record on this stuff, but like, you know, with this and the Stadia and the Amico and all that, but it's just like, who is it for? Like, why do you want to do this? I don't I get How it. How do they rationalize and in the, like, and on all top, the money? Right, exactly. It's like, it's like okay, because I, I, I get in the sense of like watching that video. I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool that you could do that and play like full, full-blooded PC games and, da, 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 and you know, Civilization Six, and uh, you know, you can probably make that work with the the touchpad things. Like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you can do that. But then I see the price, and I'm just like, no, that's not worth it. Not worth it to me. And I'm and I have disposable income. I could definitely afford it if I wanted to. But it's just like there is no way that use case is worth that kind of money to me. Yeah. At all. I agree. I struggle to see where I would ever use this. I'll be honest with you. I hardly use Steam to play games anyway. I'm not a big PC gamer. I find a few PC games I like to play, and right. I play them over and over and over again. Like if I'm gonna play. If I want to play, and the only other again, just like the the Switch, if like the only real use case for me would be to plug it into the TV, yeah. and if I'm going to do that and spend that kind of money, I'm already that deep in the hole on it. I'm just going to build a new PC and move my current PC to the living room, yeah, and plug it right onto my TV right there. Into the TV, yep. And I mean, me, I don't know if the better comp is Steam machines or the Steam controller. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to compare it to Steam Deck and what Valve did with it, but the Steam controller also a miserable failure. Mm-hmm. Nobody bought it. And the people that did buy it, most people were like, it kind of works the way they said it's supposed to. Yeah. There I mean, weren't it, a lot it of glowing reviews for the Steam controller. It wasn't bad, but yeah. it was, again, cost too much for what it did. Yep. And was a, a kind of a solution in search of a problem. Like, yeah. like I don't feel like everyone's sitting around, like, being, like you know, miserable in their living room just wondering how in the world they can play PC games on or on the go or on the like, like, who cares? Like, I mean, I'd rather play a shooter with an analog stick than one of those trackpads. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. For sure, especially like if everyone else is using the same thing. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, and I, and I, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, like, oh, cool, like you know, you could play, um, you know, Disco Elysium or something. Show Disco Elysium briefly in that thing. But then I'm thinking, like, how am I going to read all that? Right. On that on tiny that screen because it's not built for that. Well, that's the other thing we have. No one's really considered, and we're about to do it on Game Face. Is are developers going to build stuff right. specific, specifically for Steam Deck? Right. Is there going to be like a Steam Deck mode? That, right. Like, blows everything up a bit to be more readable. And because that think of, yeah. about it, Matt, the good third-party games on Switch, that took a lot of work. It did. And it took, like, all this tech that NVIDIA has worked on, DLSS, all these tricks, basically, to get those games to run decently on Switch. Are developers now going to... Do they have another thing that they have to work on to make sure that their games look and are playable, in some cases, on the Steam Deck? They're... There's a lot of X factors with this right now, and I totally realize mm-hmm. that it came out of the gate strong, and it had great pre-orders on day one. I mean, at this point, I would say there aren't enough people that are going to own this thing for them to be to, for it to be worth having to, to do rationalize that doing it on Switch. Even it's hard to convince third parties. Right. Like, how many are there? There's like Doom Eternal and like and mm-hmm. the and other. On, stuff and on this, is, I'm, it's like on cloud this, stuff. it's literally you're literally talking like text size yeah. and things like that, like just like basic usability stuff that you have to think about now. And, you know, go back and do over again. Like, that's even true of The Witcher 3. Like, I'm thinking about The Witcher 3's in- inventory 
thing. And it's just like, I, I can barely read that on my monitor. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to be able to see what anything says on that screen. But look, developers, when and they work mods on Switch. you can use, but like already you're sort of deep in the hole. And like, why did I pay $600 for this thing that I then need to do extra work to make the game work properly on it? And if I got the low-end one, I can't even probably install it because some of these games are bigger than the actual installed memory of the low-end. I mean, it's not a surprise to me that nobody bought that one. Yeah. But like... It's, it, and in a lot of cases, developers do go in for the Switch version and increase the font size mm-hmm. and do things like that so that it is palatable on that platform. I honestly just don't know if these developers who are used to just creating these games for PC and getting them out there, are they going to do right. that? Well, and also because you can't hold Steam developers to a standard like the way Nintendo kind of has control over that platform. The fact that you're making your an game. open platform here means that you detriment. don't have that control. It's a detriment. So, yep, absolutely. And God knows what happens when you switch to Windows with it. You know, yep. like, yep. There's all these X factors there. You just don't know what the use case is going to be. It means you don't know what the user situation is going to be, which means you don't know what the user experience is going to be. And that's too many don't knows, don't knows. for 600 something dollars yep, for me. I agree. Uh, next question. Does it affect Switch in any way? Not in, a, not in the slightest. That seems to be the common thread that people are, the drum that not, everyone's beating on, on not, the internet. There is no Zelda on this. Not even a little bit. How shrewd was it for Valve to put up pre-orders for this on the same day Nintendo announces the Switch OLED? Mm. Do you think that was on purpose? Do you think it was just a convenient coincidence? Um, probably not. I yeah. mean, they're try- trying to position themselves against this, but it's just not... It's not. It's not true. <laughs> it's like, not. It's, like it, it, this is not a competitor to the Switch, both in terms of pricing, uh, in terms of use case, tech. in terms of tech, in terms of um, like mass appeal. Like you are not going to go to Target and have to decide between this or this or the Switch. Yeah. Like no parent is going to have to walk into an electronics section at Walmart and say, "Well, these two look really similar. Which one's better?" Like that's not going to happen because you can only buy it through Steam. That's the other thing about this, Matt. Is nobody can try this thing. No, this is not a mass retail product. No, you're buying thing. this just based on your faith in yep. Valve, essentially. And like I you feel didn't even like get to go to e- some of that. You didn't even get like a, a select number of people that got to go to E3 or PAX or whatever and put it in their hands briefly. Like yep. You don't even have any hands-on impressions yet. Well, I think IGN got the exclusive look at it. I don't care about them. It. I care about, like, people. Right. <laughs> you know, reg- the, like yeah, the regular, regular consumers who yeah. don't, you know, don't hold different things all the time. It's like, oh, how does that feel? It weighs 20 pounds. I got to like yeah. this. I feel like for this to succeed, they're going to have to get it in retail. I think, yeah, somehow, in some way. They're going to have uh, to. Which is a thing that has no been kind of their downfall down in the past. No one's going to this much money on something if they can't hold it. Right. Well, that's the thing. What's, what's one re- and the other reason, of course, it's not a competitor to Switch is because it doesn't have any exclusive games. It doesn't right. have It doesn't have Zelda or Mario or anything that, makes, that makes me say, IP. yeah, there's nothing there that I say, like, if I don't own that, I can't play, play this. It. Yeah. Nothing. I there's mean, it nothing. does. There are some. There are some RTS games. There, there are is some not a single thing games. on that system <laughs> I cannot play right. already because I own a PC. All right. But I think most people are looking at it from the perspective of, I don't own a PC Who the fuck pre-ordered this and doesn't have a PC but does have a Steam account? <laughs> well, they may be being disingenuous, Matt. A little bit. <laughs> like, there's a... This is, this is this is a niche product and it will remain so because 200,000... You're up against millions with I the mean, Switch. It, like, it's not it's not a compa- comparison. It's not a comp- competition. Well, like on Sifted, like, I get to know some of our users pretty well. Um, because we're not gigantic and like we don't post mm-hmm. something and there's like 20,000 comments like there were on game trailers or wherever. Um, so you get to know like some of the users, what they like, what they don't like. And, you know, honestly, most of the people on Sifted who are floating this up 
are the PC guys mm-hmm. or girls. I don't know if they're guys or girls, but they're the PC people who love PC gaming. And they're the ones who are kind of propping this up in the early days and are really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And to your point, they do have PCs and they have amazing PCs. Um, I do wonder if this might become like a low end PC that you can just plug into a monitor and use it as a PC, plug in a mouse and keyboard install Windows on it, install Word and all the stuff that you need, all the apps that you need, and it could be an alternative for people who just really want a cheap PC. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, but I don't know how cheap that is. Plus, you're waiting a year and a half for it. Like, yeah. you could just go get one of those. Or you, you can know? buy, like, a full thing from Dell for, like, 700 bucks. Yeah. It comes with, like, a monitor. Yeah. And a mouse. Like, and I, a keyboard. like there's, no, there's no use case for this that justifies its price, justifies the weight, justifies, you know, what they're doing here. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's a... It's a neat trick. That's yeah. all it is. Yep. Um, and I would say, sim- I kind of say the same thing about the Switch, too. But at least the Switch has stuff I have to have a Switch to play. There yep. is no reason for me to own this thing. Yep. Period. Uh, third question. Does its ergonomics, form factor, and weight keep it from being successful? But if you can't, t- you can't, can't hold it. Can't hold it. You don't, we don't know, know yet. But I mean, this huge. thing could come out and everybody's just like, holy shit, my hands hurt. I can't, I can't lift it. I, I mean, the tablet it. feels like the Wii U tablet. It seems to be about the same size yeah. and, like, not as heavy. I mean, the Wii U tablet is probably way lighter than this. Yes, there's not a whole lot in the Wii U tablet. But I would but. think if you want to feel what it's going to feel like to have it in your hands and the size of it, that might be a good comp to use. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, there aren't any. Um, and to what we were saying earlier, if you can't figure that stuff out on your own, are you going to buy it? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely. I'm, my guess would be this thing is at least twice as heavy as the Switch OLED. Probably. Yeah. A lot of silicon in that. Yeah, there's a lot of it's thick. There's yeah. a lot in there, and it's. He- I think it's probably going to be really heavy. Um, and then finally, kind of maybe the biggest question: Is it powerful enough to run the games of tomorrow? Maybe on medium. Right. I mean, they've shown like control running on medium, right. and they've shown a couple games that are typically associated with like pushing hardware running it. But they're set on medium. They're running on at 720p. They have not shown games like that running at 1080p yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. It's kind of getting along with the stuff that's out now, but what happens when developers start writing to the metal on PS5 and Series X, and suddenly every game is this gobsmacking visual masterpiece? Is it going to run it? Or are we going to be running it at like some crazy low frame rate or lowering the texture quality? I think you're going to be running it at medium settings, and it's going to look fine, but not amazing. Yeah, and you know at that size, it won't. Yeah. It's not a future-proofed machine, and there's no way to fix that. Yeah. Unless you want to spend $800 for the the Steam Deck 2 in a couple of years. Yep. Who knows how long you're going to have to wait. Because that's the other thing is by the time you get this thing, especially if you order the high-end model, we're probably looking Q1 2023. Yeah. And think about where we'll be at that point. That's Yeah. I mean, that's a big X factor. And for the risk that you're taking, having not held this thing, mm-hmm. having not used this thing... Like that is that is throwing some money blind at something you like, which, even speaking as someone who has has kickstarted some board games, he probably shouldn't have for the all in <laughs> pledge. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like at least I don't already own Marvel United X Men. <laughs> yeah. What would it take, Matt? Or is there anything that would convince you to be interested in buying one of these? They could send me one. That's about it. Like, I don't, I'm not giving the money for this. I don't have any use for it. What if they dropped the price of the high-end model down to, like, 350 Like, I'd think about it in terms of, like, ooh, that's cool. Or, like, the o- you know what? The only reason I would think about that is so I could have one to mess around with to talk about here. That's it. 
If I wasn't on this show, I wouldn't even consider that still. Mm. I have no use for it. I have, I personally have no use for this object. I don't either. And I don't even have like a beastly game. If you do, more power to you. Go ahead. It's your money. But I have no reason to have one of these in my house. Yeah. The other thing, too, is like if you own a Switch, the incentive to buy this is almost zero. Mm. Who needs two handhelds? Like, you know, there was a point in my life where I did have two. Yeah. Well, I had two handhelds because there I could only the play games on games. each one. Right. Right. That's not and a thing here. It's not. I, I'm really struggling to figure out why people are losing their am, minds over this. And I don't know. And again, I realize I am an outlier on this. But when you're showing me these hand, oh, you can play a control hand. Okay, I can play control in an inferior way. Yeah. On a smaller screen, on lower resolution, with lower settings, I can go play that thing on my Xbox Series X, on my, on my, in my living room, at way better settings, in a way better setting. Yeah. And or I could go in the other room and play it on my PC with even better settings. Yeah. In a way, in a way better. Like, why is there such an obsession with playing high-end games? in an inferior manner. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I either. do not understand what the point is. I play handhelds when I have to. Right. Not I, because I want right. to. Right. There's no, there's no point do I want to play a hand. And also, like, most of you know, look, like, I kind of, for a long time, I did get the kind of appeal of, like, okay, I'll bring my 3DS or my DS with me on a plane flight, you know, especially when we're going to Japan all the time. Right. And shit. Like, I get it. You know, I, I play through a lot of long RPGs on flights and stuff. Okay. But you know what? I, like, over time, what I ended up doing more? Reading a book. Yeah. Like, it, it's something I can dip in and out of and, and, like, not fully pay attention to the whole time. Like, it just was not an ex- – I would rather have played – and, like, that even happened a couple times where I'm like, you know what? I don't want to play that. I just read a book the whole flight. And then I would play the DS when I got to my hotel room. Right. Because I'll lay in a bed and play it, and it's fine. You know, it's fine. Yeah. But, like, in, in the – the mix of the travel, I was, I'm just not into. I don't, I can't focus yeah. the same way, and that's a me thing. I get it, but like, I don't understand. Like, I and also like, I just don't feel like I need to be playing video games at all fucking times. I know, like, I, I know. like, there's other things to do. Look out the window. I don't, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, you don't have to fill every waking no. moment with gaming. Every single second this is coming doesn't for need two to people be. who have pretty much right. done that for the you're, last you're like, thirty some, some years. Yeah, you're hearing this from someone who literally when he was in his 20s was like, I don't want a real job, so I'm going to try to make it make it so my job has to do with video games and that'll make fool me into thinking that work is fun. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> and it was great. Yeah. But like I still don't always need to be playing something. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's other things. Yeah. And and like as and I feel like it's not even I feel like that's not a, an attitude almost anyone I know who plays games has. Neither. It's an attitude that the company, the corporations are trying to push on us. Yeah. Like, why would you ever stop playing video games, even when you have to leave the house? You because they want your money, so you can so they have the, you have all these stupid things laying around like this thing. It's like, but are you ever gonna like? Drag that thing out. You drag a five-pound screen with you wherever you I go on the bus. I just had a vision in my mind of a Steam Deck three years from now, covered in dust, mm-hmm. in a box full of crap with, like, one end sticking out. One sticking out, up, yeah. yeah. Just literally just flashed into my mind. Or even just, like, can you imagine pulling that out on most public transit in this country? <laughs> It's like, why you are you – Yeah, exactly. I'm like, why don't you just paint a giant bullseye on your chest? <laughs> Yeah, people in Europe. Because even if someone doesn't know what that is, they're like, that's worth something. That's worth a lot, yeah. is what they're going to say when they look at it. Absolutely. Um, so that's two thumbs <laughs> yeah. down on go, Steam Deck go, from Game Face. Yeah, do me a favor when you get your $600 <laughs> Steam Deck, go pull it out on a Muni bus in San Francisco and see how long that that's fun. I haven't watched any podcasts this week because um, I've been dealing with trying to find a new place for the company. Um, have any podcasts 
said what we just said. I don't. I, I don't listen. To I wonder podcasts. if like we're the only people who view it this way because it really know. kind of feels we might, that way. We might. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of skepticism on Twitter. Like yeah. that's 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 a, the the most temperature taking I can do on it because I don't listen to everybody else's podcast. <laughs> this sort of the thing is like also like I know most of the people most of the people who do podcasts about video games I know well enough that I could just ask them what they yeah. think about or things. Or they just post it on Twitter. They post it on Twitter. I think about when you say ask Shane everything. I was, I was like, I wouldn't be able to watch that if I if I because I don't have a Patreon. Oh right. This. But I'm like, if I want to ask Shane anything, I'll just text me. Text him. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone has that luxury. No, no, not everyone gets to live that life. But uh... <laughs> uh, so you know what we do this. We're game face. We speak our minds. We're honest, and sometimes we do have opinions that stray outside yeah. of the mainstream. And I admit, I'm, I admit I've been loud and aggressive on this, but like, so I don't mean to like be upsetting you if you did pre-order this or shaming you if you did pre-order this like if that's what you want to do like go ahead like Matt, I'm, I'm hoping that your rant on the steam deck turns into another animated short oh that'd be fun yeah <laughs> but like but in all honesty like really think about what you're doing here yeah. i would say like I, the hype is exciting and like yeah and look i'm not gonna lie for a second there maybe maybe my mouse pointer did hover over that button a little bit on steam once i finally got into steam and realized what was going on but then i thought about it first i was like nah that doesn't start thinking about make any like sense. Get and over look, the hype and look, of it. we got tons of time before you need to worry about actually having to front the rest of that money. You've only yeah. you're only out five bucks right now. Yeah, I mean it's but, like the honeymoon stage. Although I feel like that's wearing off right around now. Um, but once you get through the honeymoon stage, really start putting yourself in the situation eight months from now. Yeah, like really think about now. the use case. Really think about okay, when that shows up, what am I going to do with it, and where am I going to take it? And am I going to take really take it anywhere? Yeah. And would you and use also, it at home if you have a PC? Right. And also, try to pull yourself out of the pandemic lockdown mode. Yeah. Like try to try to think about what life will be like then. Right. Versus, versus. like constantly having to amuse ourselves in some like form like you know because yeah. this is a much this makes much more sense as a pandemic item especially if you're trapped in a house with a whole family and not everyone can use the screens at the same right. time yeah like just like that that would be the other thing i would well, say my, like, for instance my wife just went back to work this week mm, she is back in, the office back in the office as of monday and um so you know i don't have like my work partner anymore <laughs> which mm. sucks <laughs> i got used to it after like a year and a half but that's the case for a lot of people people are going mm -hmm. back to work now um, your house isn't going to be full of people sucking up your bandwidth, sucking up the screens at home. Just try to transport yourself to that moment in time eight or ten months from now when hopefully if people get freaking vaxxed, this will really be all over. And For now. Yeah. <laughs> Until the next one. Yeah, which hopefully it doesn't come anytime soon. But but it's going to be a different time. Try to get your your mind in that mm -hmm in that place where it's not about COVID-19 anymore. It's not about being locked down anymore. And I do realize we have people all over the world that watch this show and support oh, us. Yeah. And there are some countries where it is going to be that way for a while yeah. still. They don't have a lot of vaccinations, which sucks because we have millions of them that people won't take. Mm -hmm. And there are people all around the world begging for them. Yep. 100, there were, there were 6,000 new cases of COVID in LA County in the last week and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. 100% of them are unvaccinated yep. people. Yep. Get the vax, people. All of it. Get the freaking vax. It's just so frustrating. We're supposed to be wearing masks right now. Are we? You know, like, I mean, indoor thing. I mean, Dude, I went out to eat. Nobody's nobody following cares. any of the mandates. No, nobody, nobody yeah. cares Because anymore. the vaccinated people are like, you know what? F you. If you won't get vax, I'm tired of looking mm -hmm. out for you. Because that's what we've been doing. Yeah. But, I mean, it's also, you know, I, so I have a friend of mine. 
His mother's best friend, who was fully vaccinated, just died of COVID. Did he? Uh, she, I have a friend that was vaccinated that got it in Philadelphia. Yeah, and she, uh, I mean, she was in her 70s and had just survived cancer. So, oh, you know, there was, it was obviously, there was a risk. But those are the people who are suffering right. from this, yes. from this. Yeah. Like, this is, this is the end result is that people like that are going to be collateral damage. And if you're okay with that, um, keep voting Republican, I guess. But uh, it's, uh, it's a, it, it, it. It is it, it, mind-boggling what's happening. Right, and I have said this. Because it's all political. Oh, yeah. They're well, not, they it, don't it became, care that it wasn't passed by the FDA. No. It, That's it's, all bullshit. It's all just to it's justify. All it's just all backing into their thing. It's all just to make this administration look bad. Right. That's all of it. That's all it is. And never forget, and I've, I think I said this months ago, too, but never forget the way this is, the way this is now, the what we're dealing with and the how we had to deal with it and how all this stuff shit we had to go through instead of eight months, instead of, it was 18 months, all that. All that. It was. It did not happen. It was done to us. Yeah. Do not ever forget that. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a conscious decision we made that have resulted. No, it in it was done to us. Right. Yeah. This was politicized on purpose. It was made a divisive issue on purpose. It was made a doubting science issue on purpose. And it's continuing to this happen is where we on are. purpose. This is what's still happening. Yes, it's still being accident. done this, to us. It is. It's crazy. All right. So. I don't know before how we got you buy on this a Steam Deck, about the Steam Deck. Before but. you buy a Steam Deck, remember that they may not do that to us forever. <laughs> and then you you might be tra- or you know maybe you'll be you will be traveling again by then, and you want. To- but that's the other thing I keep thinking about is like, okay, let's say I bring my Steam Deck with me on a long plane flight, and I have fun playing an XCOM. Whatever. Imagine trying to play XCOM on an international no. flight and like remaining calm the yeah. whole time, like um, every time when you miss a ninety-five percent shot or something, you know, it's like what the and fuck? lose one of your characters. Person next to you is just like doing a Twitter thread on <laughs> the insane creature that they're sitting next to. Like, um, but then you then I get there and now I got to leave this seven hundred dollar item in my hotel room yeah. that's probably too big to fit in the safe. Yeah, <laughs> like, what? Think it through, people, before you plunk your money. There's, down. A, there's a lot of logistics here. There that's are. What I'm saying. Yep, just got to think it through. Uh, all right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about... What time is it? <laughs> is it an it? hour? That we was talked an about hour. Steam Deck from it. Well, we had our intro, so about 40 minutes we yeah, talked about not, Steam it's Deck. It's not like much... That's the most important thing that happened this week, let's yeah, be honest. It is. Yeah, it's the biggest topic, hands down. Uh, next, we're going to talk about a game that was just debuted by Ubisoft. It was formerly called Battle Cat. That was its in-development... Yeah, it sounds like a code name. ...code name. Um, but its final name... As so we I imagine learned, they didn't want to have to fight Mattel for that trademark, so... <laughs> Its final name, as we just found out, is X Defiant. It oh, is, that's much better. It's terrible, terrible, terrible name. It is a free-to-play multiplayer-based shooter that is supposed to integrate elements from all Ubisoft's Tom Clancy games. It is called Tom Clancy's X Defiant or whatever. It's supposed to incorporate stuff from Tom Clancy is going to climb out of the grave and be like, "I had nothing to do with that <laughs> <Yeah>. stupid name." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I named some stuff some stupid things in my time. <laughs> he did, actually. Um, it is a multiplayer shooter. It's supposed to bring a bunch of Ubisoft properties together into one game. I do not see it, Matt. It it looks like The Division 2 in first person yeah. to me. That's it. Yeah. It's got graffiti like watchdogs. <laughs> like, but the characters that they've shown so far... Like are these are these Rainbow Six Siege people? Or are they new people? They're new characters. The characters that you play as, at least the ones so far. I mean, eventually they're probably going to release that yeah. stuff as DLC because it is free to play. You're not going to have to pay for this. Um, and so eventually they're going to want to get you to pay, which means they're going to release things like Sam Fisher or mm-hmm. 
the one of the lead characters from Assassin's Creed or one of the characters. And, from, and this is pretty much like this is what Splinter Cell is going to be. Like this is basically all we're getting. Seems like it seems like um, Ubisoft, by the way, just released a free to play multiplayer shooter like not even a year ago called Hyperscape. All right. I keep forgetting that was a thing. It, because it is completely and utterly forgettable. There is nothing remarkable about Hyperscape at all. It is done terrible. Is this it, Hyperscape? It is, yes. Yeah, you can't tell I the difference between know. the two games. Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess the equipment here is not realistic. It does have some elements that are different. Like I assume the, a jump pad isn't going to be in the Tom Clancy game. Probably not. But there's already zombies, so... Right. <laughs> well, the irony is that this game, Hyperscape, is actually far more creative and unique than X Defiant. Yeah, I guess I don't understand, like... Yeah, I guess it's, like, it's a scale tactical thing, but, like, wh- why why does X Defiant exist alongside Siege? I don't know. Like what's what am I getting out of Defiant? Well, Siege the, is a very specific, very specific, yeah, very specific it's, tactical like Rainbow Sixy thing. I get it's it, a but breach like, base. So, what, like, what is so what is X Defiant trying to do that just, I don't already it, have? It, honestly, it's just more generic. It yeah. is just a typical first-person shooter that's not set in a specific universe, and I don't know. I don't know. This is the problem. I have no idea what Ubisoft is going for with this game, Matt. Like. It seems to be an ongoing problem with this company at it, this point. Ubisoft is in a tough spot yeah. right now. I don't know if it, I mean, it happened too late to uh, get on this episode, but uh, Kotaku put up a big article about uh, Skull and Bones this morning, um, going into with a lot of anonymous sources going into sort of the eight years, eight, eight years, years of <laughs> development hell this thing has been through. Uh, this development hell uh, is occupied by a number of different people of different races, creeds, and identities. Uh, and none of them know what the fuck they're making. That seems to be the, the disclaimer on this one, um, because uh, like that thing started as DLC for Black Flag in 2013, yeah, and has been through all these Eight weird years. permutations. Read that. Read the Kotaku article. I forget who wrote it, uh, but it's like the closest thing to a Jason Schreier article we've had since he left. He left Kotaku. Um, yeah, and very interesting. Uh, very sad. Uh, very weird. It's Unsifted just like, right now if you yeah. want to get the I swear to it. God, all you had to do was just more boats. Boats go shooty bang. Fifty nine ninety nine, please. <laughs> like, what What the hell? It seems so simple. But yeah. um, it's just like an ongoing thing with Ubi. Like, Ubi used to feel like they really had, you know, even if they they had their formula and you didn't like it or you didn't, like, like what they were doing, it really felt like they, they at least, like, had a plan. They're doing a lot of stuff that makes me wonder what the plan is. Well, yeah, they're putting, like, everybody on the next Assassin's Creed. The problem is is that they're pulling too many people onto a couple teams. Mm-hmm. And so if those games go belly up or don't turn out the way they're supposed to. They've had a couple to, hundred people wasting their time yeah, for how long. for a long time. Them. They've wasted a lot of money, too, on salary. It's how, insane. How many people you got on the roller derby game, Yubi? <laughs> Not enough, apparently. Uh, but anyways, here's some more details on X Defiant. Um, as I said, free-to-play shooter. It has realistic gunplay. They're very serious about this. This feels like a Warzone competitor to me, Matt, mm. more than anything. Yeah, maybe. Without the vehicles, though, I would add. Um, there are personalized classes, so you're not locked into one specific class. You can kind of borrow elements from the different ones. There's four different classes that you can choose from, the Echelon, the Outcast, the Cleaners, and the Wolves. And they do have kind of similar tropes. Like, um, if I remember correctly, the cleaners are like the assault guys. Um, and then 
there's like a tank group, and then there's a sniper uh, group. a creepy dog robot that you see videos of all the time from, was it General Dynamics or whatever that company is? Oh, oh yeah. Well, you got to also remember that uh, Battlefield 2042 has that crazy mm-hmm. dog robot that's in the trailer as well. Um, so it does look like there's deployables in this, but not necessarily vehicles. Boston Dynamics, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But not necessarily, and that is creepy, by the way. Oh, yeah. Watching those robots dance. Creep Rump me and out. dance like somebody like comes over and tries to kick him over. Like, no, that's why they're gonna kill us all. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, each of the and they're called factions, not classes, but they're basically classes. Um. Each has uh, unique gameplay and unique team dynamic stuff. They also have unique traits, abilities, and a, a separate ultra for each one of them. Um, as we said, they're trying to go authentic with this, so there's authentic weapons and attachments. You can mix and match any faction weapon loadout. Um, and you can swap your loadouts at every respawn. So it's a little bit like Counter-Strike in that way. Every time you die, you can choose a different loadout. Um, you can personalize your guns and gear because it's free to play. And, of course, you're going to have to pay for those weapon skins and those costumes because that's where they make all their money. Um, the game was developed from home during the pandemic. Hmm. And they actually made a point to kind of call out all their developers that worked on it. That is commendable to work on something like this from home the entire time. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's going to make it good or bad. Um, it just means that people dedicated themselves to the project. It doesn't. That's no signifier of the game's quality, ultimately. Um, and you can register for the game right now at playxdefiant.com. There is an alpha or a beta that kicks off August 5th on PC. And it's coming to everything but Switch and Stadia. So you're getting it for Xbox One, Xbox Series, PS4, and PS5, and PC. Um, Matt, what is the market for this? I struggle to see any market for this game. You're too late. Uh-huh. It's like there are too many people playing Warzone already. They've been building on top of Warzone for a couple years now. You even have games like Apex Legends. So, look, I don't see the Tom Clancy in this at all. I don't see any recognizable characters. I don't see any recognizable areas or maps or gadgets or anything like that that yeah, I recognize This looks from. like, um, I mean, not fully because there is production value here and the, some of the art's nice, but, like, this looks like something that would come out of like an Eastern European developer yeah. I've never heard of. Yeah. And, and would never hear of again. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because there aren't recognizable characters in this that it's going to do poorly. Oh, because sure. look at Apex Legends. You I mean, can I mean, do it. You yeah. Can... You can suddenly break out and, and have it be a thing. It, but again, you know, the proof is in people getting their hands on it in the beta. Because like, that was what Apex Legends was. So everyone's like, oh, okay, whatever. But at least it's free to play. And everyone's like, oh, it's really good. Like, well, it like, also it really came out good, before Warzone. Right. But also, if, if, you play, if you put out something that's actually really good and people enjoy playing, they will gravitate to it and yeah. keep playing it. Like, that's just how everything works. Uh, will that be this? Who knows? we we got to wait until August 5th, apparently. I, I just struggle to see anything unique about this game. Yeah. I mean, there was stuff that looked unique about Apex Legends even in early footage. Yeah. And again, it came out before Warzone. So it mm-hmm. had the head start. It had the pedigree of Respawn um, behind it. People have a lot of reverie for Respawn, and people were willing to try it. And it was free to play from the beginning, right? Uh, yes. Apex Legends? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and this will be two. But I just, how do you pull people away from Warzone or Apex Legends with this game? I just don't see it. I mean, you do for like a day. Right. They try it. Then they, do they stay? And they, well, chances are they probably get their ass kicked mm-hmm. and they leave. And they go back to the game that they're good at where they won't get their ass kicked. It's, look, you can't just say like everybody needs to give up on free to play massive shooters. But if you can't come up with a unique twist or a tweak to the formula, then maybe you should give up because your chances of success are almost zero. And I just, you know, Hyperscape 
which was Ubisoft's last attempt at this, way more innovative, way more unique than this, had even had its own look, so it didn't look like everything else. If I showed you 10 seconds of this game and then showed you 10 seconds of Apex Legends, how many people do you think would be able to tell which one was which? Um, I mean, I would be able to tell which one was which because Apex Legends has recognizable characters in it to me. That is that is the other um, thing. Like, this isn't a hero shooter. There is an art style to Apex Legends that I think is more, you know, not super unique, but it's like at least I recognize it. This, like you, like you said, it looks like The Division. Yeah. And The Division doesn't really look like anything. Anything, yeah, other than The Division. I really like that octopus graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't think that's like really what I'm supposed to be looking at. No, I don't like think whoever that's... whoever did the environments. Like I, I don't applaud think that's them. That's a selling point. No, like whoever did the environment art is great. Like I, yeah. all that stuff looks really cool. But like I would rather look at an art book of it than than play yeah. this. I think Ubisoft has, in my opinion, a lot of work to do to get yeah. people on board with this game. As as we said, August fifth, there's a beta that will especially help with a lot. that word, that name. Like yeah. that name tells me nothing. But I don't, I don't think if they don't get more information out there about this game, like maybe showing vehicles or showing some gadgets that are out of yeah. the out of the ordinary. Like it, to I don't me, think people are going to show. To me, it just kind of looks like that uh, that riot shooter that came and went already. Valorant. Right? Valorant. Yeah. Yeah. It actually hasn't went. Like it actually it's still out there. It has like a decent esports scene, but that's because it's riot. And they have deep pockets, mm-hmm. and the game wasn't a huge success out of the gate. They can sit on it until it does become a success. A lot of publishers don't have that patience and don't have the the money to be able to do that. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I struggle to see why anybody would like. Be do you think in this. this is going to end up making them more money than if they just made another fucking Splinter Cell game? No, absolutely not. I mean, it it could because look at Siege. I mean, that's yeah. what this is all about. I mean, you're rolling the dice to have an ongoing revenue stream. That's what they want. Yeah, that's what this is all about. That's Siege money. And they actually just announced this week that they have no plans to make Rainbow Six Siege free to play anytime soon, mm-hmm. which seems crazy to me. That people, they don't have to. People are still paying yeah. for Rainbow Six Siege. Which is now, it does go on sale a lot. A lot. There's a lot of yeah. bundle deals. You've been able to get it for like 20 yeah. bucks and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that may eventually happen to... I mean, that eventually happens to almost every game at this point, mm-hmm. unless you're Nintendo. Even they are starting to... Do some sales here and there. Here though. and there. Here and there. Which is better than never, which is the way it right. used to be. Um, but I just struggle to see why anybody would get in on this beta even, based upon what we've seen so far. They have a lot of work to do in like the Like, only next... if you're like, I have to play every shooter I see. Yeah. And, or you're like us, and you're like, I need to play it to talk about it on a podcast. There's not many of us, Matt. Mm-hmm. Despite what YouTube might lead you to believe, there aren't that many people doing podcasts about gaming that would jump into this. So... I think it might be a rude awakening for Ubisoft on August 5th because that's not that far away. That's a lot of messaging that that publisher needs to get out there before they launch the beta to get people involved in it. Now, if the game ends up being amazing, word of mouth will do its thing and it'll be fine. Um, But I'm really struggling to see even why I would want to try the beta, in all honesty. Like, I'm not a huge Apex Legends fan or Warzone fan. Um, But I do try them all, particularly when they try something new. And I'm not seeing anything here. So Ubisoft is in a in a tough streak right now. Um, I don't see a lot coming from the publisher in the near future. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. Too many people working on a couple projects, I think, is part Maybe. of the issue. I think read that Skull and Bones article and it'll <laughs> I'll have a good maybe idea. illuminate a few things. I, I was not able to read it because I got here and we had no internet. And so it was a mad scramble trying to get it reconnected before Matt got here and before 1 p.m. And then ultimately they couldn't. But I burned a ton of time during that period trying to get the internet back up and so i didn't get to see that article but anyway um that is x defiant i still struggle to remember the name of it yeah i have to keep looking at my rundown to remember the name of it x defiant from ubisoft again 
coming to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC. Beta for PC on August 5th, and you can sign up right now at playxdefiant.com. And I just gave them a free plug, so maybe they're happy about that. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a brand new Smash Brothers clone, Matt. I feel like two a year we get, where somebody tries to take the formula and make it a success, and it never, ever works. Ever. But I do wonder if this might be one that actually has a chance. One of them were Brawlhalla kind of carved out a little free to play yeah it's like smash you don't have to pay for in a pc game yeah it actually has done very well and that's a ubisoft game i believe is it i believe so all right maybe i don't know (laughs) but you're right that is the one exception um but if you look at all the others even playstation all-stars battle royale oh that was a disaster a disaster which you would think if there is one publisher that could make a game of this type and have it be successful you would think it would be sony because it has this roster of IP and characters. Yeah. That's sort of like but part of like the appeal. I mean, Smash Brothers is its own thing now, but part of the appeal of Smash Brothers when Smash Brothers started was how absurd it was to see all these characters beating the shit out of each right. other. Like that was the ad. Was like it was. all those you know the furries beating each other. Something's gone wrong in yeah. the happy go lucky world of <laughs> Nintendo. And then just like Mario like foot sweeps Pikachu yeah. and it's like that was entertaining. Like the fact that like Mario and Samus and Link and Kirby were beating each other to death yeah. was like part of the appeal. It was a ridiculous thing to do with those characters. Yeah. I don't think that was all that ridiculous to do with the Sony characters. It was like, oh, no, there's just guys who fight all the time, and like they're, they're just now just fighting each other. And a lot of them, part of the other fun of, of Smash Brothers is seeing the different art styles mashed up together. Yep. And most of the Sony characters all look the same. They do, because they're realistic. Yeah. Yeah, they're not cartoony. Uh, but however, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl does kind of check all those boxes. Yeah, this is, uh, this is closer to the spirit of Smash Brothers, I think. Yeah. Um, and... Part of the key of Smash Brothers was also that it was the right time for the people who had grown up with those Nintendo properties to be ready to sort of play with them a little bit more. You know, right. kind of, kind of like irreverent. There was an irreverence to Smash Brothers. It was like, hey, these things are all icons, and we know they're icons, and they're accepted as such, which means we can fuck with them a little bit. Yeah, and I think you are seeing with Nickelode- these Nickelodeon characters. I think that same number of years distance is there for the generation that grew up watching these cartoons. I feel like this is exactly the right time for this. Yeah. And to your point, though, about these characters that we grew up with and now you're ready to see them in a different light, Mm -hmm. this roster of characters is kind of the same damn thing. Yep. Is that Powder Toast Man? It is. Oh, my God, from Ren and Stimpy. Are Ren and Stimpy Stimpy in this? Uh, I don't know if we know that yet. That's DLC. First DLC. And do you pair them together as one character? Or are they separate characters? But this is what I'm getting at. Like, I love Ren and Stimpy. It's my favorite cartoon of all time. I've never played a decent Ren and Stimpy game. I've never played them as them in a video game at all. And I'm excited about that prospect in this game. It's The other thing, too, about it is there are some deep cuts on the roster here. And mm-hmm. that is something I think Smash Brothers has also done very well. Yeah. Is bring these obscure characters that... Reptar such, is great. That a fraction of your user base may care about... Mm. 
But if you make them fun to play, suddenly people care about them a whole lot. Right. Like also, like there's certain ones where, like you know, if if you get the right, you know, like Danny Phantom is appealing to a certain certain person. Maybe I don't care about the Ninja Turtles or SpongeBob, but I'm a huge Invader Zim fan. Right. And I want to play a game with Invader Zim beating the shit out of Patrick. Or yeah. Something. Like that, that. That's the appeal of Smash Brothers as well, and I think they're getting that here. Like I, I want to see what like, the this moveset is, a na- is. This is a naked steal, but oh, like yeah. you look at it and you're like, that looks all right. Yeah, like that looks like they're doing it. Like, <laughs> like I want to see what Ren and Stimpy's attacks are because that mm-hmm. cartoon is so gross. Like, are you gonna be able to go like inside like Stimpy's nose with all like the gross nose hair? Like, there's just who knows. Feels like, like it feels like good ultimate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fodder there. Uh, Although I'd imagine one of them has to have the the imagine my ultimate for Stimpy would be him pressing the red candy like button. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just erasing. <laughs> but everything. we'll never know because you're, you're going, going to guard it. <laughs> the jolly candy like button. Can he hold out, folks? Like, what if his like final smash is him like eating the bar of soap? Like, yeah. you could just do so much stuff with Red or and just Stimpy. Plays happy, happy, joy, joy. Right, and that's the and, song that plays during your keep, final yeah. smash. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I told you I'd shoot, but you didn't believe Why me. Didn't Why you didn't believe you believe me? <laughs> like, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff here. Yeah, like, there's a lot like, of. I'm excited for this game. I never dreamed that I would would be. I'm not even a huge Smash fan. Like, once I got over the novelty of it, mm-hmm. like I was kind of over the game in general. And that may happen with this too. Where yeah. once I play as all the characters a few times, I'm like, okay, that was fun, and I'm, but I'm good. Like I don't know. Yeah, but it's the completeness of this so far that seems to work the best. Yeah. It's like, like there, there isn't a an ob- for me at least there isn't an obvious like, well, where's blank? Yeah, you know, they're all everything's in. You know, I'm sure there's more to be revealed. It's not. This is certainly not all there's going to be. Yeah, but like as far as like a starting roster reveal, like. You're you're covering you all me. the bases, yeah. right here. Yeah, like, I'm excited for this game. I've not been excited for a Smash clone maybe, maybe ever. A, maybe a Ben Ten in there somewhere. <laughs> He's got to be in there. He's, He's be huge. In there, yeah. And that's the thing. Nickelodeon has a gigantic roster. Some people will just come in because it has Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, which is or SpongeBob. Those are those two are going to bring in a lot of people all on their own. And then you know it's. People start discovering the roster, and they're like, "People like me! Yeah. Oh my God, Ren and Stimpy's in there." Are you That's bringing cool. like, like it's it's a different license? Nickelodeon doesn't own them. If you find a way to get Danger Mouse in this thing, I will pre-order it right now. Yeah, because that was on Nickelodeon when we were kids. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a lot of possibilities here. Like if this can catch on, like you could you could totally do a roster the size of, of Ultimate. Yeah, with this. I mean, the DLC would just keep on just coming. going and going and going. I yeah. mean, just because you think about each cartoon, think about Ren and Stimpy. How many characters you can mm-hmm. pull? It's not just Powder Toast Man. There's like 15 oh, yeah. characters in that cartoon that are yeah. worthy. Like, of I'll give you two. Games. I'll give you two bucks to 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 play as the Shaven Yak. <laughs> sure. Or the horse. Yeah. Mm. No, sir. No, sir. I don't like I don't it. Like it. <laughs> that cartoon is so great. I think I do know every word. From the first three seasons of yeah. Ren and Stimpy. I just memorized them. We would just sit around the good and, ones. and get drunk and watch Ren and Stimpy for yep. hours. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I am really excited about this game. I don't even really get excited about fighting games all that much in, anymore, to be honest with you, because I feel like that is one genre that's kind of failed to evolve. While I get why it has, has failed to evolve, because it really, for a lot of people, is kind of a sport. Mm-hmm. Like, how much is football evolved or soccer evolved across the years? I get it. Um, but that is why I don't get excited for a lot of new fighting games. And this one isn't evolving the formula. In fact, it looks like about as blatant a ripoff as you oh, can yeah. get. Oh, yeah. But I will say they, they're they ripping it off well. Yeah. Like, 
Like the hits look look hard yep. the way that you know because a lot of the clones don't get that right. Yeah, you know, just the flying off the stage. Yeah, flying off. Just watching them do the hard smash and the fly off, like, like right there, just, without even the sound on yeah. the B roll, you can tell it feels like it feels like Smash Bros. Yeah. They, they got that yeah. that pause and that freeze frame, and like now it feels like you really hit them hard. Like it's like yeah, they're doing it. They're doing all the right moves here. Yeah, so. it's looking pretty good. It is coming to in Q four of twenty twenty one, so at the end of the year, and it's coming to PS four, PS five. Xbox Series in one and Switch. Right mm. now, there's no PC or. It yeah, better come to Switch. Like, well, that's prime territory for those characters I, for sure. More Dexter's Laboratory characters, please. Yeah. Um, so anyway, again, coming at the end of the year to pretty much everything but PC and Stadia, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. All right, let's move on. I feel like we're getting to the point where it's only worth pointing out if something is coming to Stadia. Yeah, and they started like incentivizing, like trying to throw deals out there to yeah, try like, to get like we're in, we're in assume it's not coming to Stadia unless we say otherwise yeah, territory yeah. at this point. Just for future reference. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about something that I <laughs> think it's trying to picture the one person out there. Like, but what about Stadia? Yeah, where's Stadia? <laughs> We just try to be thorough here on Game Face, Matt. <laughs> Cover all the bases if we can. Uh, next topic is something that I think you're also going to get fired up about, Matt. Mm. Um, EA Play for its e- basically its E3 press conference is happening in two days. Which I think uh, we're beginning to see why they did not yes. put it near E3. <laughs> kind of like Sony, after we saw with the state of play. Well, I think Sony doesn't care. Right. I think EA knew they got nothing. Yeah. Um, and it is happening on Thursday, July 22nd. Um, and there were hopes that we get to see a bunch of exciting, fun stuff. And as it turns out, that is not going to be the case. Two of the games that people wanted to see the most are not going to be there. And for the purposes of me sitting here with Matthew Kyle, we're going to talk first about the fact that EA is not going to show a Star Wars game on mm-hmm. Thursday. I mean, I wish I could say I'm shocked, um, but their continuing mishandling of this license uh is it's still, a travesty. Still one of the biggest mistakes in the history of gaming, like corporate decisions, was giving EA the exclusive license to Star Wars when Disney acquired it. Um, it is astounding. I mean, it doesn't super surprise me that they have this dead space here because like, at least they got Fallen Order out and then they got Squadrons out. It's sort of like a broke, you know, that was a broken out piece of DLC from Battlefront 2, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, and they have that free to play thing, Hunters or whatever it is, yeah. coming this year. Um, I was hoping they would have something else new Star Wars for this year. They would have been able to squeak it out, but apparently not. Um, not even is, showing anything. Like no. we couldn't get a trailer for Fallen Order Two. No, apparently not. That that game's further out than we thought. Maybe couldn't get a trailer for Battlefront Three. It just is just astounding to me that like Star Wars is you know Star Wars had its problems. You know, Solo was underperforming. Rise Rise of Skywalker was a goddamn travesty. Um, but like Mandalorian has really buoyed that, and like the Mandalorian season two, especially the ending and the tease of the Boba Fett show, which is coming in December. Uh, you got the anime Star Wars Visions coming uh, soon. Like it's it like Star Wars is hot again. You know, like whatever you thought of the sequel trilogy, like Star Wars is still a very hot property. Bad Batch is airing right now. Um, like the Disney Plus stuff is uh, the lifeblood of Star Wars right now, until at least until Taika Waititi's uh, movie gets off the ground and uh, Patty Jenkins gets that Rogue Squadron movie made. But, like, that's years out. But right now, like, you're in a really hot hot position right now, with especially with Mandalorian. How in the fucking world is there not a Mandalorian video game by now? My guess, Matt, is that that is why we're not seeing any Star Wars games. I think that's what Yubi's making. You think I think so? that's what the Division people are making, is like a Mandalorian thing. You think so? That's well, what, what I think. What makes you think that? Because I think uh, at this point, I wouldn't trust EA with that. It's too valuable. Yeah, I wouldn't either. 
But, I mean, it feels like the license is open for pretty much anyone who wants to pitch an idea now. Right, but we know that the, the, the Massive is making a Star Wars game. We do. And I'm thinking that a big Division-style game that, like, deals with a bunch of bounty hunters competing and teaming up with each other and betraying each other, uh, that feels like what you would... I, I would take the Division model and apply bounty hunters to that and call it The Mandalorian, and I feel like you could get away with that. Yeah. I do think why we don't have Star Wars games, though, is because people are scrambling trying to support The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And uh, the season two, how long ago was it that it launched? That was uh, last December. Yeah, so it hasn't even been a year since season two yet. Um, but, but they knew ahead of I mean, Yeah, the, they the, knew it was going to be the good. The Funko Pops were announcing the week after the episode aired with scenes from the episode. So it's not like before. Like part of the problem with how Mandalorian. How long did season one launch? That was two years. That was uh, so you should be ready to show something by now. Yeah, but At like least the, a and like part of the problem with the man, with the original season was that everything was under wraps. Like to Favreau demand to the point that like merchandisers didn't know Baby Yoda was coming because okay. they wanted that to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. So the reason there was no Baby Yoda merchandise, or Grogu now merchandise, uh, until like eight months later was because. Literally, the toy manufacturers and all the like, none of them knew. Like, no one knew about that because they literally kept it under wraps. Favreau convinced Disney to say no, like, no, we can't tell anyone about this until they see it in the show. Mm-hmm. And which so they I did that, was which is great. It's yeah. absolutely, and I, it has not hurt their merch sales no, in the end. Definitely let's not. be honest. I think um, I bought four Grogu's for Christmas for my yeah. nephews last year. So yeah. that was, uh, yeah, so that's why uh, last Christmas was the Baby Yoda Christmas and not the one before that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, at this point, you're probably along far enough that you should be starting to see the the more high-end uh, Mandalorian tie-in stuff, and so far it's just not happening. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's going a little slow on it. Like the you know, there was a HasLab uh, crowdfund thing, as Hasbro does does crowdfund stuff, and they did uh, the Razor Crest. Um, you know, it was like a three hundred something dollar, you know, full scale to the little figures mm-hmm. thing. Uh, still not out, still hasn't shipped, uh, and they blew that ship up in in season <laughs> two. So somewhere out there, it's like, oh, well, well, here's the ship that doesn't exist anymore that you paid four hundred dollars for. Yeah, I mean, it? I've bought. Stuff from Star Wars that was yeah. destroyed in the films, or oh whatever. sure, it's all sure. good. It's just it's just one of those like oh like. I would also argue too that the season one of the Mandalorian, it's good, it's not great. I don't feel like the it really caught fire until season two. Like people like season one a lot, mm-hmm. but season two was like mind blowingly good. And I, think, I think season one definitely did catch fire in the sense that Baby Yoda was the only thing anybody talked about. For yeah. But I think you're right in that I think the majority of the audience didn't get fully, fully invested in the story yeah. until season two. Yep. Like season now, because like now you see people who are only really watching for baby Yoda who are kind of like, Oh, I guess like next season is going to basically be like, they're separate and like, you know, they're going to be trying to retake Mandalore. And there's a lot of people that's like, yeah, I'm in even yeah. without baby Yoda. I'm yeah, in yeah. for that. So yeah. like, and which sounds good to me because a lot of the characters involved in that are from Dave Filoni's old the, the cartoons, Rebels and and uh, Clone Wars, and I like that stuff. So the fact that he a lot of people do the fact that he's basically yeah he's doing that in Bad Batch too. Man, a lot I of his characters. I cannot tell you how many back. people have tried to get me to watch Clone Wars. You have, in fact, every Star Wars fan I know, and Clone some Wars of them at really this good. point are like angry that I haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet. Clone Wars. So the Clone Wars thing, I would also say, uh, if you're going to watch that, I would need to give you a guide. Because yeah. about uh, half of that, also said that. <laughs> about half the show is not worth watching. But the yeah. stuff that is good is really, really good. And then Rebels is fantastic. Rebels is is four seasons of awesome. I've heard. Yeah, everyone um, is recommending. But it helps to watch the Clone Wars first and then 
kind and of dive into flying it. Up. And all these characters are showing up from those that show in uh, Bad Batch and from Clone Wars showing up in Bad Batch, which is cool. Um, you in particular, I think, would like Cad Bane, who is a bounty hunter, who is basically uh, Lee Van Cleef from The Good, ba- the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, wow. um, like he's literally just that, but, but in Star in Wars. Um, <laughs> it's great. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And then like the 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 um, uh, the bounty hunter Fennec from uh, Mandalorian, she's yeah. been in the new season as yeah. well. So she, she, it's a, like it's like basically Dave Filoni is creating a Filoni verse inside Star Wars. Uh-huh. So like if you watch all these things, you're kind of getting all these connections. It's a lot. And of why fun. aren't there games around that stuff? That's a very good question. I mean, we have theorized that they're adding stuff from that that element of the property to like this the the Lego game. And that might be why some of us being oh, right. Another yeah. game is still MIA. Yeah, I mean, that's not EA, obviously, but like, yeah, what's, what's up with that one? What's too? going on? <laughs> we have really hit a place where this IP is not being capitalized on no, the way it should be. Not at all. However, Disney figured it out pretty quickly. It yeah. yanked the li- the exclusive license from EA. It's they reestablished LucasArts in yeah. all so. I think and two purposes. or three years from now, we won't have to oh, have yeah. this discussion. Yeah, but this is just. Further evidence of just how badly EA botched owning yeah. one of the most important IP in the world. Yeah, we're world. creeping up on 10 years. It's insane. And they've put out three games. I know. Four games. You count if Squadrons. You count Squadrons, yeah. Four games. They, what a Two miss- of them are the same fucking game. I know. Missed opportunity. And one of them was such a big, a big disaster in how they presented it that President of Disney had to call them and tell them to stop. Right. Yeah. How? How do you fuck that up <laughs> like, that hard? Like, how do you not... So what is your presentation going to be? Like, the Dead Space remake and 40 minutes of FIFA? Yeah. Like, what is this? Like, how have you not barfed out a Battlefront 3? Just set the Mandalorian. Yeah. Simple. Just make Just throw it. Din in there. Give and me... Just watch the money just roll in. Put in some dark troopers and call it a day. Yeah. It's so simple. I... It's a travesty what has happened to Star Wars under EA's watch. Yeah. No doubt about it. And it's not getting any better. I wouldn't even be surprised. And that's the, th- that's the funny thing, too. Is like you know, There's a lot of people that think the same thing, the travesty about certain movies that I think are excellent uh, mm-hmm. in the Disney Disney era. But like, it's funny that no matter what you think of the movies, no matter what you think of that or this or whatever, pretty much all Star Wars fans agree that the video game thing has been a giant ball drop yeah. uh, in every respect. Like, the, the one thing everyone can hate equally is EA's treatment of the Star Wars <laughs> Star Wars license. universe, yeah. And uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if the one game that EA says it has in development right now at Motive gets canceled. Because why wouldn't you assume that? Yeah, nothing seems safe in, in that their... studio in particular. Yeah, I mean they were working on a game that everyone was really excited all for. I can, with all Amy I can, all I can and they killed it. All I can hope is that one of the reasons there's not going to be an Assassin's Creed for four years is because after two years we're going to get a Jedi Assassin's Creed game. Which would be awesome. Which you can have my money for right <laughs> yeah, now. I'll pay now. you for that one. Hey, if you want to put that up on Kickstarter or, or Fig, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I mean, it's to the point that the the, the you know Fallen Order I really liked, but like the the greatest Star Wars release in video games in the last two years is a fan remake of Tie Fighter. I know. Which, by the way, is great. It is great. But yeah. like, why didn't EA do that? I don't know. Because they didn't think it was worth it. Because they're. Fucking idiots! They like, are. <laughs> there's there's two ways to say someone what, or something is killing it. Look what they're Star Wars! Yeah, or they're yeah, doing, doing terrible. terrible. And this is look what Squadrons did. Star Wars. Squadrons, the game that everybody said not only would no one play it, but it would never get made. I know. And they basically, you know, that that team basically forced that fucking game into existence, and it fucking sold a million copies. I know. There is a desperate hunger for games set in the Star Wars universe, and EA wouldn't fucking give us any. And we're not getting any on Thursday either. Nope. 
Yep. So when do you think we're going to see their next Star Wars game at E3 next year, probably? Maybe. Like maybe a teaser at the Game Awards if we're real lucky. Yeah. I don't know. That's a real good question. <laughs> it's just it's just this gigantic pile of money just sitting on the table. Yeah, why? It's like, EA, take it. Take the money. Call yeah. me. Yeah. You want me? <laughs> I will get some shit made. I promise. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, no Star Wars on Thursday. Also, no skate. No skate. No skate for now. This. So one... if anyone is hoping for Darth Maul on a skateboard again, <laughs> you're doubly disappointed. What was that in? That was Tony Hawk. That was Tony Hawk. Yeah. Um, no skate for is going to be at the event either. I understand this one a little bit more. Yeah. Because people thought it was in development for a long time. As it turns out, they just started working on yeah, it like it was a year like, ago. more like, all right, fine. We'll give it to you. Like Now, as a make good, they gave us this yesterday. Um, it's like a little developer doc on, and they're not calling it Skate 4 yet. Um, right now, it looks like they mm-hmm. might re- be rebooting it and just calling it Skate again. Um, that's, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I guess. Um, but they basically, they made when this. When did Skate just, 3 come out? What? When did Skate 3 come out? Oh, God. 2013? Is that right? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. If so. I had internet here, I could tell you in a minute, but yeah, we don't, don't have any internet. <laughs> it's just, I'm just trying to imagine like how long it's been. So, like, I mean, skateboarding games, I mean, I know why it's been gone for so long. It's because skateboarding games really fell off the map. Like, people just lost interest in them. And it does feel like they've been gone long enough that people have kind of rekindled it a little bit. 2010. 2010. 11 years for later. For 11 years ago. Yeah. But so they like, just started working a year ago. So, uh, you know, to a lot of the core audience, let's be honest, something from 11 years ago might not even have, ex- well, it's not, not even existed. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. So just call uh, it Skate again. Yeah, but, I mean, if you go on YouTube and watch a lot of gaming stuff, there's a lot of YouTubers that just play Skate 3 yeah. and get huge views from it. It's pretty crazy how it's endured over time, way more than I ever thought or that it Or just call it, like, Skate 2022 or something. Yeah, they know? might. But then I don't want to. I don't want that to happen because then that may Yearly make them think that they're yeah. going to do it every year. Just give us like the best skateboarding yeah. game ever. Is there like and a, add to it? Over is time. there like a word that in skating that means like modern or like today or like could, no. you, could you call it like skate like skate? No. Something about an era. Are there eras no, of really skateboarding? No, like there's no word from the lexicon that d- denotes Sk- like skaters not big on like defining. They'll just like say that. like. Pushing, you're pushing progression. I would just call it Skate. Who's Tony Hawk? (laughs) (laughs) Who just competed in the X Games at 53 years old and almost won the best vert trick contest. (laughs) Literally, he got beat by a 12 year old who did a 1080. And And that 12 year old was a lot lighter than he is. Well, he the kid was just like him when he did the 900 years ago. He just kept trying the 1080 over and over and over again, and then on his very last chance. He landed the first 1080 in the history of skateboarding. 12 years old. <laughs> he, the kid, looks like he's seven. And he cried after mm-hmm. he landed. Because he's seven. Yeah. And he landed it. And Tony Hawk hugged him after he landed it. And he cried. He bawled. Like, amazing. And Tony was in that contest yeah. and almost won it at 53. Well, imagine, imagine doing that in front of everyone, in front of your hero, and then your hero hugs you for I'm like... Yeah, yeah, I, I f- imagine that, bo- that kid was feeling some emotions. Oh man, for sure. And then the, it's funny, like his po. If they, they interviewed him after it was over, and he was so excited that he just started talking before they asked him any questions. <laughs> he was just like, "But I can't believe I had Tony Hawk about it." And they're like, "Wait, we got to ask you the question." Do, do you? We know how this goes, sir. <laughs> yeah. just, just let him talk. Yeah, I was hoping at least. I have a, I have a physics question. Okay. Um, why are 1080s not as impossible in snowboarding? 
They are. They are. But like, yeah. but I, how come like like t- 1080 seemed to have been a thing that happened in snowboarding long before skateboarding? No, you just think that, that because there was a snowboarding game called 1080. Mm. They actually haven't really done 1080s in snowboarding. Okay. Uh, they, they have done them, but you got to realize in snowboarding, some of your hits, you may fall mm. 300 feet. So you have so much time to spin before you ever land. In skateboarding, on a ramp, you have to generate all that momentum to get high enough above the lip to do as many rotations as you want to do before you have to land back in the ramp. Mm. So it's just a matter of time, basically. Um, there's a reason, like... You, you don't know, jump off a cliff on a skateboard. Right. Well, some people do. <laughs> well, yeah, but... but... <laughs> they mostly die. <laughs> but, you know, Tony with the 900, that's why that was so groundbreaking at mm-hmm. the time. People thought it was never going to be possible. I did see him did. do his last 900. Yeah. He did like a video of I that. saw that. Like, he yeah. tried to do it one last time before he got too old, and mm-hmm. he did it, which is amazing. Um, but anyway, you know, skateboarding is huge now. Like, mm-hmm. it is just exploding. Like, it's just so interesting yeah. to see. I mean, I've seen, I see, it's so huge and different now that I see kids, like, doing the skateboarding things on the sidewalks and in the park, and they land things. Yeah, yeah. Like, that used to be the joke, was, like, just watching guys, like, trying to ollie and fail over and over again. And, like, but now I see them, like, they're actually doing shit. Oh, it's amazing how quickly people learn now. Like, it took me three years to learn how to do kickflips back in, like, the 80s. Like, people learn them in a day now. They just <laughs> sit there and just do it over and over because there's so much good instruction online mm-hmm. to teach you how to do it. We used to have to watch these grainy skateboard videos yeah. Frame by frame to learn how to do the tricks. Yeah. Like well, I remember flips. what I remember. What, one of my friends that could do a kickflip, and he was trying to teach my other. I never did skateboard stuff, but I was I would hang around with them and they do stuff. And like he was trying to teach my other friend how to do it. And the problem was, like when he learned how to do it, it was like it was just something he did, did it over and over, and suddenly it clicked, and he could yeah. do it. And he, he didn't know how to explain that. Yeah, he was like, like I don't know, just like that. And he's yeah. like, what? Like, what's that? Like, what does that mean? And like. Yeah, and now you've got yeah, if if one person figures out a good way to explain that, they can make a YouTube video and millions of people can see it. So yep. it's a totally different Well, back when I was skating, way of that these being tricks down. were being invented. Yeah. Like the Ollie was invented right before I started skating. And then things came along like kickflips mm-hmm. and we had to watch skate videos and it's VHS. So it's like one frame you lose half mm-hmm. of the trick. So we're going back and forth, back and forth watching the feet. Yeah, what are the yeah, what is what's the board the foot doing? Position, you can't see any of it. How are they pushing on the board like learning kickflips back then? We all learned how to do them when we figured out you needed to kick your front foot straight down. We were like kicking it out and so the board mm-hmm. would fly away from us. And right. once we realized kick straight down and the board stays underneath you, we all started landing them. But we had to watch a skate video to do that. Ollie wall rides, not as coppice. First to ever do an ollie wall ride. Literally, just ride up to a wall, ollie onto it, ride the wall, and come off. We had tried those for months, and finally they put it in a skate video, and we just watched it over and over and figured out how to do it. What he was doing that we weren't doing is once he got on the wall, he would shove his back foot down, and that would reorient your board so you could ride away. And as soon Hmm. as we saw that, we learned it. Now, YouTube... Every trick you can. There's eight thousand people teaching you how to do every trick, and it just changed everything. Hmm. And so you have this progression that the sport has never seen before. It's amazing. Uh, but I am surprised that we didn't at least get like a like a proof of concept trailer for skate or something like that. I figure they might be ready for something like that by now, but apparently not. So it's still more than Star Wars has. That's true. You know. That's a good point. Um, so anyway. Stay to play on Thursday. I'm not telling you not to watch it because I think there will be some good stuff. It looks like we're going to get the new Dead Space. It looks like it's going to be a gigantic blowout for Battlefield 2042, in all honesty. Yeah, I know. Which I feel like I've seen enough of already. Yeah, it already did that. Because that first trailer is great. Like, it really does kind of show off all the stuff it's going to do. But expect to see, like, first raw gameplay of that and stuff like that. And Dead Space, which will be exciting. 
Yeah, I'm interested to see what that's going to be like. For sure. Um, and then there's sports stuff because Madden will be coming out in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. The new Madden will be out mid-August like it always is. Um, FIFA will be coming out shortly after that, so expect big blowouts on that stuff. But I would not call it appointment viewing. <laughs> and if no. you use Sifted, you'll be well aware. We'll have it pinned to the top of your Sift so you know what's going to happen. But that's all going down on Thursday. Just set your expectations to not stunned. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, okay. Let's... I am distinctly whelmed. <laughs> I am whelmed. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, we had talked about, Matt talked about earlier, we were talking about the Steam Deck, about solutions in search of problems. And as an example of that, he used game streaming. And... I th- personally, I think it's been proven already at this point, game streaming is just not going to work. No. If you have the resources and the infrastructure of a Google and you can't make it work, and they did make some bad decisions that oh, yeah. fed into the failure of Stadia, but it didn't work. No. And it's a failure. And now, as you also said, they're scrambling, trying to make it a success. We don't even mention it as a platform on Game Face or anywhere else for the most part. It's a failure, mm-hmm. and I don't know if anything it can do at this point is going to change. Nothing. That. If there, streaming is not a platform for interactive things, yeah. like it's it's for passive entertainment. It yeah. works for if the the model, the Netflix equivalent model for video games is Game Pass. Yeah, that's it. Down, be it downloading the games to yeah. a local like, drive. download to local drive, and you have access to whatever you need, but you need to download that to local hardware. That is how it's going to work. That is that is the model. Uh, adapt or die. And it's clear as day. Yeah. Clear as day. It was always clear as day. To unless you, you were, t- yeah, to me, apparently not to Google, but like it, 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 it's clear if you actually do any of this on a regular basis that, especially if you try some of those streaming things, they'll work properly. Yeah. Now, Microsoft hasn't given up on xCloud. No. And I don't think it should. Because no, but they're also not like forcing it on anybody. Right. Because there's an option. It's not their focus. Right. There's an option. Yeah. You can download if you want to. But if you don't want to, and two years from now, when you buy your new TV and it has xCloud built into it, it could work because Microsoft has content. It has exclusive games mm-hmm. that people want to play. As long and, as you didn't buy a Sony TV. Right. <laughs> Touche. So there's incentive for people to try xCloud or to play xCloud because there's games on there that you're not going to be able to get if you already own a Nintendo console or Mm -hmm. a PlayStation console or if you just don't want to buy a console at all. It's an option, and it's there. That has not worked out for other streaming services. And so... About a $4,000 television, but I draw the line (laughs) at an Xbox. Exactly. The writing seems to be on the wall for streaming services. Mm -hmm. So what does Netflix do this week? Netflix announces that it is launching its own game streaming service that will be a part of its base Netflix plan. You will not have to pay any more for it, and the games are just going to appear in Netflix <laughs> as a genre. Sure. So just like horror or action or drama, there's going to be video games. Game. Game. <laughs> and you're going to be able to go to that playlist and presumably start playing games. I don't know what controller you're going to use. I don't know how that controller is going to talk to Netflix. I don't know. How does this work, Matt? I I don't don't understand how Netflix thinks that it's going to be successful doing this. It's going to have to create hardware of some type. Or allow you to, like, I guess a dongle of some kind or something? Like, I don't, like, somewhere in there. That plugs into what? The TV? (laughs) 
I don't know. Like Netflix, I have Netflix on my television. Me I too. don't know. I guess you could pair a Bluetooth controller with the TV. I think my TV, TV has a USB port. Yeah, it definitely does. But, but like, is Netflix going to be able to tap into like the API of the TV? Yeah, they. Sh- I mean, they should be. You should be able to do like a Amazon Fire equivalent thing where you stick a USB dongle or something in the in the US in the port, and then that the controller talks to that, and Netflix does an app probably with an update can read that in the TV. Uh, but again, now now I've bought hardware to do this. Right. So, dude, this makes no unless sense. the games are like Dragon's Lair or something, you're just gonna use a remote to do it. Well, they know. hired like the VP of Oculus content to be. Yeah, I have the job title of the guy here somewhere. Yeah, so they they hired former Facebook and EA guys to head it up, including the VP of Game Development. All right, and he's the guy that came from from Oculus. And he hmm. is now the VP of game development. So does that mean that Netflix is going to build studios? I don't know. And have exclusive because that's their only chance, right? It was also it was also Stadia's games. only chance, but they fired everybody, right? So. Because it didn't work. Right. Because it's hard to just jump into games and make games that are going to convince right. people to get your service. But also, like Google, I mean, part of the problem was, you know, admittedly from people who worked there was that Google didn't understand how game development worked in terms of timeline and in terms of, you know, when you got a payout on your investment basically. Mm-hmm. Netflix, to be fair, uh, is in production and does understand that like it understands that you can't just throw millions of dollars at someone and have The Witcher season 2 ready in a week. Yeah. You know, like it's going to take time. Yeah. So maybe they won't need that explain. You know, Google does not do did not do production. They did app development, but that's different. I've been I have been in consulting and freelance positions with, you know, app developers uh, you know, trying to do video content and they just do not understand how it works. Like, you know, I've actually been in a meeting where uh, we had proposed, you know, like we're going to shoot this thing like this and they said, "Okay, go ahead and do it." And then we'll tell you how to what the, what we want changed, and we're like, Wait. "What do you want?" And it became clear over t- over the course of the next ten minutes that what they thought we were going to do was we were going to shoot the show, show it to them. They would decide what they liked and didn't like, and then we would shoot the show again with their <laughs> notes incorporated because that's iteration to them, right? right? Yeah. And we're like, "No, we tell we give you the script and everything and, and the ideas, and you tell us what you want us to change, and we'll give you a new proposal." Like, like we only shoot it once. Like that's not how anything works. Like unless you want to throw millions of dollars at this thing, like we have to do everything over again. It doesn't get cheaper if we do it again. Yeah. You know, like yeah, you still have to hire the same crew at the I same don't need, rate. I don't need to tell you that because you've done this. Yeah. But like we, I was sitting there. We were sitting there trying to explain that to adult human beings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like uh, the fact that 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 you know you hear these stories about how Stadia and Google didn't understand. So I'm like, I'm not sitting here surprised at all that that was a problem. Netflix, I think, because they have production company a production company mentality may be more willing to see this through. But there's part of me that wonders if this is just something that they had in the pipeline in case Stadia blew up and now they have to go through with at least some kind of release for it so they can write off the business expense at some point. Like, at some point, it feels like maybe this project just needs to come out and fail so they can say, we spent this much money on this thing that failed and we don't want to get taxed for it. Um, that's a non-zero chance to yeah. me right there. Um, but otherwise, we're kind of looking at this like I don't know what this is. Like, it, <clears throat> but Matt, I've been at least it doesn't cost it. any more. Like right. that's 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 correct. That's a good that's a good angle for it. Yeah, but I've been thinking about it. They are going to have to release hardware. 
Yeah, there's some... Because, look, Amazon's not going to let you use, like, their Fire whatever to no. send your game streaming service. They have Luna, so they're going to keep you out of that hardware. Yeah, I mean, you could do it through, like... like Chromecast dongle. I mean, look, you could that's do That's not going to work. Well, you could do it through if you have Netflix on a console or if you have Netflix on a computer and you already have con- controllers mouse, that hook into yeah, those. Yeah, that's can, about you it. You can do that. The only, the only problem case is, is a using the Netflix app directly on a television. Do you think PlayStation lets you do that? Um, I mean, I don't think there's anything in the PlayStation that prevents the controller from interacting with Netflix. That's how I control Netflix on the PlayStation already. Right, but I'm just wondering if Sony just says, no, we're not going to allow you to use our controller to play games on Netflix. We This is our system that we spent a lot of money to develop and to market, and if people are going to play games on this PlayStation 5, they're going to play our games. Like, I don't know if they can actually control that. To I that do degree. wonder, actually. I'm not sure what the legality like is it, or what contracts they. Like, signed. I think you can just, you know, it, the, the controller already interacts with the app. If you, the app wants to let you play streaming games on it, I don't think Sony can really do anything to stop that, except take legal action after the fact or right. tell them cease and desist. Tell them, or tell them stop doing that. We're not going to. We're going to take your app off our store. Yeah, I guess. Which it wouldn't um, do. Probably wouldn't do. No, but like, because I. I you know, the vast majority of Netflix users would not understand what was happening yeah. and why they suddenly couldn't watch Netflix on their P- PlayStation. Yeah. Um, uh, it's also possible that, like, PlayStation could be like, go ahead and put your thing no one cares about on your thing. Like, we'll, you know, and when you remove it, that'll solve the problem all by itself six months from now. Um, who knows? Yeah. Like, it'd be interesting to see how they, do re- how they react to that. Because it also feels like a direct competitor to PlayStation now, right? It does. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Depending on what the games are on this, if they're just like a bunch of stupid like web games, basically, who I cares? Mean, but like, so they're planning on launching this within the next year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's exactly what the games are going to be, at least at launch. Because there's no way you can get good games done in a year's time when you're just yeah. they haven't unless started like, them yet unless it's just other game you know again it'll be like third party stuff third party stuff that is just you're which back is in the, the same Netflix boat. model I mean let's be honest oh, yeah. like still the bulk of content on Netflix was not produced by Netflix mm-hmm. it was produced somewhere else and they are losing a lot of that stuff now because everyone's starting their own services right. and they want their content on their service so when those contracts expire a lot of that stuff isn't coming back to Netflix but and now we're all paying the same amount we were for cable yep so yeah. oh well yeah <laughs> It's true. They keep every year the price of Netflix goes up. And they are saying, again, this is no extra cost. It's going to be just part of your Netflix subscription. Which is going up next week. Right, which just means that they're just going to jack it up another dollar a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. You do that math, you have that many people, a dollar a month for 12 months, they're getting an extra 12 or 13 bucks out of me a year. You multiply that by how many subscribers they have. Millions of people. That pays for Netflix gaming very, very quickly. And then when Netflix, Netflix gaming goes away... That subscription hike doesn't go away. Right. Exactly. So this just seems insane. Like To me, what's really happening here is Netflix has run out of stuff to talk about. Because mm-hmm. if you listen to Pactor, its stock is way overpriced because it's still not turning a profit. Mm-hmm. It is one of the only... They're just throwing... They're literally throwing billions of dollars away over yeah. the course of years. They And they continue to. They're still not turning a profit. And people just keep buying the stock because they're like... I would like to see the data at Robinhood, which is like the new app where anybody can mm-hmm. buy stocks. I would like to see. Oh, well, we know through the <laughs> right. GameStop taught right. us about Robinhood. I would like to know what percentage of Robinhood users, which are generally like newbie investors, one of their first stocks they buy is Netflix mm-hmm. because it's, they perceive it as successful. Right. Because they have Netflix and they love it. 
And that's what Packer's been and up every, And they know everyone they know has it. So how could it not be Packer is notorious for his rating on Netflix because he has said from the beginning that it was overpriced. And he, for, for whatever reason, he won't go back and say, you know what, for this company, profit doesn't seem to matter, so you might as well buy it. Well, because like, he, he does that because eventually it will. Right. And he doesn't want to be in the crosshairs when someone finally says, oh, but you said it was going to be like, you finally changed your mind and said it was going to be like, yeah, but as soon as he does that, it's going to crash. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, he knows that. It is bizarre, though, because he is literally the only analyst with like a sell rating on Netflix, and he has been that way for like ever. Because he doesn't know when the bottom's going to drop Right. Out, and it will. Will it? Yeah. If eventually. you just keep having all that money coming in, like uh, it's it's bizarre. The whole thing is bizarre. Eventually, eventually, something's got to give there. Like, you, but here's you what cannot, I think: you cannot have no revenue for that long. You can only ride that for so long. But what I think is, is that this is Netflix's ploy to keep people buying the stock mm-hmm. because there's nothing else to talk about. It's like I mean, it's basically look busy. Yeah, because it doesn't have. Sure, it may launch another big show. Could it eventually launch something that becomes as big as, like, Game of Thrones? Sure. Theoretically, sure. Does that move your stock? Not really. No. It just doesn't. And so if they want to have people keep buying their stock and their stock to keep going up in that perception, I mean, almost an apparition or, like, a hallucination (laughs) that Netflix is this crazy successful company financially – you got to keep announcing stuff like that, no matter mm-hmm. how stupid, petty, insignificant, and flat-out unsuccessful it may ultimately become. Yeah. Because unsuccessful is, in some, at least in the investment world, unsuccessful is not as damaging as stagnant. Right. And if as long as there's the appearance that Netflix is trying stuff new and trying to evolve its business, you stave off that huge sell-off that a lot of companies have – when that epiphany is reached that, wow, I've been people have been buying this stock for no good reason for mm-hmm. all this time. Um, it's interesting, but it's going to fail. And so maybe you're just kicking the can down the road for another 12 months because what's going to happen is they're going to launch this. They're going to have no games for it. They're going to have to either manufacture hardware or, or count on only the user base from consoles ever using it. And I would argue at this point, most people just use the YouTube app on their TV. I do. Once I got my my LG CX, like I stopped using the YouTube and the Netflix apps and everything on my consoles. I just use the app that's installed on my TV. And I would argue a lot of people probably do that at this point. And without hardware, there's no way it'll work on the app on someone's TV, native TV. So it's just staggering to me that a company with, you would think, a lot of smart people working at it would do something so short-sighted, but I think if you look at the financial aspect of it, it makes a little bit more sense. It's just, it's a red herring. It's, hey, look over here at this while we do nothing over here. Mm. And I just really struggle to see how it's going to be successful in light of the fact that some big players have already attempted this, a.k.a. Microsoft, a.k.a. Amazon, a.k.a. Google. These aren't little companies that Alias were... Alias Jack... Alias Jackie. (laughs) These aren't little startups that were trying to make something happen. These were companies with megatons of capital Mm -hmm. that could not make it work and with the infrastructure. And I'm sure Netflix is sitting there being like, well, we can serve all this video and, you know, our servers don't buckle. I mean, at least Netflix not trying to get 60 bucks out of you for a game you don't own. That's true. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We don't know what the model is for this yet. I mean, other than if you pay, you can, you know, for Netflix, you get it for free. But what if you just want the game part of it? 
Not that there will be a lot of people that do that, but what? how does that work if you just want the game streaming from it? You don't want the rest of Netflix. Mm. I don't know. But Stadia is ready right away in a horribly <laughs> pixelated form until your connection <laughs> establishes itself, and then maybe it still doesn't work, and it's like, oh, God, I can't, remember, can't believe this presentation. Until you see who's on stage. Yeah, true. And you realize yeah. that everything And then how he much touches, of this never happened? Everything, yeah, everything that he touches fails. It's mm-hmm. just the truth with Phil Harrison. Um, so this is doomed to failure. Yeah. I wouldn't if, even be surprised if this never happens. Like, I feel like... Yeah, if, if Netflix even has any expectations of otherwise, yeah, really. Yeah, I feel like Netflix just didn't do its due diligence at all on this. And so now it's like... I still feel like it's, at least in part, had to be we started that up. Started this up specifically because it was to compete with Stadia, just in case Stadia became a thing. And now we're far enough along as well, you know, like you said, it makes them look like they're doing something. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. I wouldn't be surprised if they hired this guy, whatever. They're like, we'll flush 200 grand, 300 grand on the toilet that we gave him in salary mm-hmm. for a year. And a year from now, once they actually have done their due diligence, they're going to realize how foolish this is. Sort of, but they will they will probably get that much uh, value back in stock in, in inflation. Right. Yep. Uh, anyway, so yep. just depends where you find your value. And I should have looked, actually, at Netflix's stock to see if it did bump after mm-hmm. this announcement. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but then that also coincided with, like, a terrible day on the stock market in general. Mm-hmm. So it may not really be a good barometer. Although, again, the terrible day was related to uh, re-pandemic lockdown fears, and if anything, lo- uh, Netflix will flourish in that it scenario. So That's it may true. not affect them in that regard. That's a good point, actually. So anyway, there you go. Gaming on Netflix. You guys interested in it? You think you'll use it? I won't. No. And I use Netflix all the time, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, at least I would scroll past it. Like, what's that? Yeah. Really? Okay, sure. <laughs> That's good for somebody, but not for me. I have a feeling everyone is going to feel that way when they scroll past the game's mm-hmm. genre for what, the first whatever, time in Whatever Netflix. those are. It's right. Just like- it's gonna make this the eShop look like a triple A fest. My guess is it's just a bunch of mobile shovelware, right. like indie a, games, a, a, a hidden object. Like which might you know if it's stuff like that, it might even mitigate the need for a controller. I do wonder too if their market. So many of the, so many remotes for t- right. TVs are just motion. Con- you know, the yeah, my TV thing. remote has motion controls like in just, it. You could just do that, and, and like, if it's just like a clicker yeah. or some crappy mobile game, exactly. Yeah, that that's possible actually, and it might be smart for them to go after that market after moms and stuff like that who mm. play very simple games. Like you may be able to just put something like Candy Crush on right, there, sure. But at the same time, it's like why wouldn't you just play it on your phone? Yeah, like. Yeah. Solution in search of a, a problem. problem. Happens way too often in this industry. So anyway, there you go. That's games on Netflix. We'll probably never talk about it again until it's canceled before it actually launches. <laughs> that is my my prediction, is that this will never launch. Mm-hmm. And that it is just a red herring that they're using to make sure their stock doesn't fall because they have nothing to talk about right now. We'll see. Yep. All right. Let's move on. Next up, we're bringing Vincent into the show for our next section he has played a game, Matt, that I am very excited about. How are you feeling about Death's Door? Um, I don't actually know what this is. Oh, really? You didn't watch Dossier this month. It was one not. of the ten games that we said is worth buying this month. It is. A lot of people are saying it's like Hades, but it's really not. It looks mm. like Hades when you look at it being played, but it's not a roguelike at all. It is just a challenging action-adventure set in an isometric perspective, Vincent has been playing it, and here is his report.
All right, here we are with Vincent Borchart talking Death's Door. Vincent, this game has been getting a lot of hype. A lot of people have been comparing it to Hades, which was game of the year for a lot of outlets not long ago. Um, this is an isometric Zelda-like. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah, it's kind of like a combo of uh, Link to the Past, like old-school-style Zelda game, and a Souls-like with the closer to the combat. Okay, so first off, is it difficult like Souls? It's difficult, though. It hasn't been as bad as Souls games are. I've been making steady progress, though there are some parts that are harder that take a couple tries. Okay, um, have you played a Dark Souls game? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you don't know if it's more or less difficult than that franchise. Um, let's actually start out talking with, talk about the story a little bit. You're like, um, do you are, do you work in hell? Because you're like reaping souls, right? Isn't that kind of the setup? Yeah, basically, you're a crow who's trying to collect souls from people after they die. And that's just the natural order of things. You get your first assignment after a long while. You go and you take care of the soul. It's actually interesting because it's your first battle and it's against this big plant creature. Like no combat boss. before that. Yeah. So your first battle is a boss fight. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. But, yeah, and then as you defeat it, you're about to collect the soul, but then someone like knocks you out and takes the soul from you. And that's a problem because this door that they've opened to let you go collect the soul, apparently you're you're mortal when that happens, otherwise you don't age, and it throws everything out of whack, so you need to go get that soul back ASAP. But then, as you explore a little further, you find the guy who took your soul, and he locks it. He locks that soul behind a big special door that can only be unlocked by, by getting three other big souls. Okay. And that's your goal, to get those three big souls and unlock the titular death's door. Okay, so it's not your soul that's stolen. It's someone else's, but you need that soul to get back to your world. Is that? Yeah, it's a soul that you were assigned to collect. Okay. Yeah, because some of the pre-promotion stuff, it seemed like it was your soul that gets stolen, but that's actually not the case. It's a soul that's, like, assigned to you. Okay. Yeah. And so... And things can't go back to normal until you get it. Gotcha, gotcha. And it is an isometric game. Um, sometimes... In isometric games, they kind of simplify the combat a little bit because it's a little harder to kind of see what's going on and kind of judge, you know, if you have a short window to parry or dodge or counter. A lot of times with isometric games, it's kind of hard to read that stuff. How does the combat work in Death's Door? So you have three basic moves you can do. You can attack with a handful of different weapons, you have a ranged attack that you have a couple choices for, and then you have a roll to dodge. That's okay. all. And it, are there counters, parries, things like that, where you can time something perfectly and kind of get in a quick counter attack? I don't think so. There okay. is a charged, charged melee attack, though I never wound up really using it much since it locks you in place, and I value the the mobility over the possible power, maybe getting it things done a bit quicker. Understandable. How... Are, is there leveling in the game? And maybe one thing we should mention is that this game isn't exactly like Hades, and I probably should have said that when I mentioned it off the top. It's not a roguelike, correct? You don't correct. like you don't like die and then have to start the whole game over, and you don't lose your stuff if you die. Is that correct? 
Correct. You don't lose anything. You, you go back to, like, the last, like, entry into the area that you go, but mm -hmm. that doesn't take that much away since there's, like with Souls, there's a bunch of loops and you unlock shortcuts to get back to where you work more quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so the level design is like Dark Souls, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And is there leveling? Is it an RPG or is it just an action adventure? There's a bit of leveling. There's... You can upgrade your stats with the, like, tiny souls you collect as you defeat enemies and find soul pickups. That make, get, make you do a bit more damage or make you attack a little quicker. But for the most part, it's, it's an action adventure, you would, you would say? Yeah. How, what are your impressions of the game? Are you enjoying playing it? Have you played a lot of games like this? I mean, I played a lot of Zelda-likes, but okay. not as many Souls, but I haven't been impressed so far. What do you like about it? The combat is so much good. Like, the marketing makes you think it's more like a Souls game that's isometric. Well, mm -hmm. I'm thinking of it as a Zelda game that actually has non-trivial combat. Oh, okay. And that is a good, that's an astute observation about Zelda. <laughs> Generally, yeah. the combat in Zelda is just a means to an end. Once you kind of get the hang of it, it's most of the enemies don't put up much of a fight, honestly. Yeah, and that's the point. It's more about the puzzles, and the enemies are just a way to make it so you're not just running from puzzle to puzzle. Yeah. Um, what about the puzzles in this game? Is this more straight combat, not so much puzzle solving? There are some puzzles, like your lighting torches, your... You're maneuvering to hit switches in certain orders. You get equipment like you would in a Zelda game. Like you'll, get, like the way it starts is you you have torches. You're shooting your bow to to do the torches like you would in Zelda. But then shortly into the about halfway through, you the mean first like day, using flaming arrows to light torches? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, like you shoot your arrow through a torch to hit another torch. Okay, so the arrow goes through, it ignites, and then it hits the next target and sets it on fire, is what you're saying. Yeah, and then about halfway through the first area, you find a fire spell, which means you don't have to worry about that as much. Gotcha. Um, what about, like, the gadgets and the items? Obviously, that's a big part of any Zelda game. Is there anything cool, like the bomb chew or anything like that? Your magic, your ranged items are basically the equivalent to that. There's the fire item, there's a bomb, and there's a hookshot. And then there hasn't been that much else. There's a there's like these platforms I still haven't found a use for yet. And I did find an upgrade to my arrows, like just before we started recording. Uh-huh. Yeah, hidden away, which is neat. How does the hookshot work with an isometric perspective? It just shoots in a straight line. And but is it hard it to, to judge, like, height and things like that when you're trying you to target? You don't worry about height. It's just straight. Gotcha. You can use it to cross gaps. Okay. And can you use it in combat, though, if you want to get uh, get creative? I haven't tried that far yet. Okay. I just got it, basically, before we started. Oh, okay. Used it to cross a couple gaps, and then, yeah. But there was no tutorial that explained, like, this can be effective in combat or anything like that? Yeah, I think it's just experimentation on stuff. Okay. How does the progression work in the game? Do you fight through a level, fight a boss, move on to the next one? How does that all work? So how it works is you go into an area. Generally, like you start actually you start in the big hub world, the big cemetery you may have seen in some of the preview material. Mm -hmm. Then you go into like one of the three main areas where the big giant souls are hiding. Then you go into like the first part of the dungeon 
you need to explore it. You find you find these lost souls. You need to unlock a big door. You you go through that door. You go to a chest. You find another big, relatively hard, and a couple waves of enemies. You get the mat. You get the special power for the thing, for the area. You go to the second part of the dungeon. You go through it. You fight the big boss, and that's your area. Okay. So you fight through the dungeon, you get a special ability that's specific to that dungeon, and there's one for each dungeon? Yeah. One then has you fight... a fire spell, one has a bomb, one has a shot. Okay, so then you fight the boss, and then what does the boss give you when you defeat the boss? Anything? One of the big souls, I guess? It's just, yeah, the one of the big souls you need. So and are then... you telling me that there's just three bosses in the game that you need to defeat, and then you can finish it? I'm guessing that there's something behind the big door based on the percentage, but it's setting itself up that it's just those main three areas. And are you whatever. on the third area now, Vincent? Yeah, I'm in the middle of the third one. As I said, I just got the, basically got to the halfway point of that. Okay. How long have you been playing so far? Uh, about five and a half hours so far. So it's looking like it's going to be around seven, eight hours-ish. Does that yeah. seem, seem about right? Yeah. And the game is... Now I was surprised to learn this. So the game is available for Xbox and PC. Yeah, and for, for 20 game bucks. Pass. But yeah, yeah, but not on Game Pass. I was yeah. really surprised to hear that. I was actually looking forward to this evening on Game Pass, booting it up, downloading it, and uh, playing it. But that's not the case. You have to pay for it full price, right? Yeah, my guess is it'll be on Game Pass eventually, since most of Devolver's games end up there for at least some time. But It, not it is launch. interesting, though, because... Most games that are PC and Xbox end up on Game Pass day one. Um, but it sounds like Devolver maybe thinks it has a big hit on his hands here. It doesn't want to give it up for nothing out of the gate. Yeah. Does it? Does it have something here, Vincent? Yeah, is this, I think is this it's a special really game? I think it's really good. There's like interesting parts. Like one thing in the combat that's interesting is that that you have just four shots of your magic arrow or fire or whatever and you recover those shots by hitting with melee attacks so there's uh, a balance it forces That's, you to have a balance in your combat yeah and it forces you to learn the whole combat system yeah have you now that you've been forced to do that have you found any bumps in the road do you have any criticisms criticisms of the game at all um the main criticism is that it's a little easy to get lost. Like other Souls-likes, there's no map, which mm -hmm. is annoying. Especially since one of the points is that you can backtrack to go find stuff once you get the bombs and the hookshot and etc. Are but there reasons to, like a Metroid game where you have this ability and now you can go back to old levels and there's new doors you can open? There's hidden stuff I've seen. Like there's okay. the, the, the poles for the hookshot. There's bombable walls I remember seeing in the first couple areas. And I assume there's stuff to them, but like one of that arrow upgrade I found, that was in an area that required all the fire and the, all three abilities to get through. Okay. So that's a kind of decent reward. But you're struggling to come up with any criticisms. That's a good sign. I mean, it's probably going to be not that long because I mean, if it's about eight hours, maybe ten if you try to hundred percent it. But other than that, there aren't really any. Yeah, it and feels it feels good to play does it the controls feel good yeah you've been playing it with a controller or a mouse and keyboard controller okay um and everything feels nice and responsive yeah how does the storytelling work are there 
cinematics? Is it the usual indie text bubbles thing? How does that all work? There's the occasional cinematic, but there's no voice acting. It's a lot of text. You read a bunch of stuff. You talk to people when it comes up. There's a lot of lore, like how the clearly at some point in the past of this soul reaping operation, something really bad happened and they had to close stuff off. And presumably I'll learn more about that when I go and unlock the actual door. Mm -hmm. That's clearly what it's setting up. Like I'm going to find what the heck they closed up things off for. Yeah. What about the boss fights? Have they been inventive, creative? Yeah, very interesting ideas. Try trying to dodge things. Yeah, I don't know how much I want to spoil it. I, yeah, I have some B-roll of the first big one. Mm -hmm. one Typically, fun. we're okay showing the first boss fight in a game. Yeah. People, people are going to consider that a spoiler. I don't know what to tell them, I think. <laughs> but, like, the second boss fight was more inventive, but I don't want to get into that as much. Yeah, you don't want to spoil it. But they've been fun and cool and creative. Yeah, interesting ideas. Yeah. So this game is 20 bucks. It's for PC and Xbox. Do you recommend people pick it up? Keeping in mind that July is really slow. In fact, this game was included in our list of 10 games worth buying in July 2021. Do you recommend it? Definitely, as long as you can afford, like you don't get too frustrated because it is, isn't trivial. You are gonna have to try and learn the combat system to make it work. Have you have you got really frustrated? Like, have you got to the point where you almost threw your controller or anything like that? Not through my controller. Though there are some things like the the battles for each ability are pretty big difficulty spike, mm -hmm. and notably they generally introduce like harder variants of some of the enemies for the first time in there. You've got to basically do four waves, and that, that's one of the other parts. Is that, without dying, you have to do the four waves. Yeah, that's the other part. There's you only get four hit points and then before you die. There's a bunch of pots around the levels that let you refill your health. Uh-huh. That and they're generally you'll find one before any of the big fights in the But still worlds. for yeah. basically every section of the game you can take four hits before you're dead. Yeah. There are supposed there are a couple heart pieces and then magic pieces to give you more ammo, though I've only found a handful. So they're real most of them are really well hidden. Or they're just being stingy with them, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, we're just not going to give you enough to make the game easy. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like that's a buy, provided you have a constitution willing to accept the challenge. Is it, does that sound fair? Yeah. But even if you don't, like, it'll probably end up on Game Pass sometime in the next year or so. Yeah. Give it a try then when it does. So you're saying don't buy it at 20 bucks? No, I'm saying if you don't. Like if you don't think if you think you might not be able to handle the challenge, still try it then. But if you are willing to buy the, handle the challenge, definitely try it now. Okay. Or so if you want a Zelda-like, that would work too. With a little bit more bite, a Zelda-like yeah. with some bite. Cool. Okay. Well, there you go. That's Death Door. We are recommending a purchase at twenty bucks, but just keep in mind that it is gonna put up a challenge. Thanks for talking with us, Vincent. We appreciate it. No problem. All right, a big thanks to Vincent for taking the time to check out Death's Door. Matt, you think you're going to give it a play? I'll give it a try. I've never heard of this. Weird. Like, this is the first time I've seen this before. Interesting. I, I don't know what happened there. It's, I'm surprised you haven't seen like the hype on Twitter and stuff over the last few days. If I have, I've been ignoring it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, some people are saying this might be like a game of the year contender, period. Not just like indie game of the year, 
Um, Vincent really liked it. I'm definitely going to give it a go based upon uh, Vincent's impressions of it, and you guys might want to consider it as well. All right, it's time to move on to the last topic of Game Phase 264. And in this case, we saved the worst for last. Mm. <laughs> that may be hard to understand after some of the stuff we said in this episode about Steam Deck. But we are about to talk about The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. At least we didn't call it the Steaming Upper Deck. <laughs> That's a... <laughs> ah, I totally missed it on that lower <laughs> third, man. Damn! It won't be the last time we I talk about it. I should start consulting it. you on the lower <laughs> thirds, Matt. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk about <laughs> Zelda Skyward Sword HD. If you remember, it was a Wii exclusive when it launched. It was based almost entirely on motion controls. Mm-hmm. And this new version for Switch, in addition to being rendered in HD at 1080p, it also has new button controls that you're supposed to be able to use if you don't want to use the motion controls with the Joy-Con. Matt... And ha- I don't. <laughs> Matt, so. And I... I also tried to play this with buttons instead of motion controls because motion controls were my biggest complaint about the original mm-hmm. game, um, among others. It's not one of the better 3D Zeldas. I don't think that's It is disputed. the worst 3D Zelda. It probably I is. I think objectively it probably is. Like the only Zelda game I... The only Zelda game I like less in the main series, like not counting like the CDI stuff or whatever, is Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. This is my, this is my second worst Zelda of all time far as I'm concerned. It's pretty close for me. It's definitely my least favorite 3D Zelda, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Um, and most of that had to do with the motion controls. So I came into this game with an open mind, and I was like, they may have actually fixed my biggest problem with the game, and uh, I may enjoy it a lot more this time. Now, I will say this. Back when I reviewed it for game trailers, back when it came out, I did have issues with the motion controls, but there were a lot of elements in the game that I actually liked, and it did get a decent review score from me. That was also, what, 11 years ago? Uh, nine, I think. Not it was, only nine? I thought, I thought it was 2012. I feel it was when, near the end of G4, if I remember okay. right. Um, so it's been a long time, but not... I have been 2011. I can't remember. Yeah, it's been around a decade since yeah. I played it. And so expectations have changed a lot in that amount of time. There have been tons of action-adventure games that have been released. In all honesty... The genre has kind of or morphed into action RPGs. <laughs> and it's warped. And it, and it morphed. <laughs> I mean, a decade is an eternity in video games. It is an eternity. And so I had hoped that maybe some of the other kind of progression and changes that have come to that genre in the last 10 years might also be included in this. Oh. <laughs> Would it be Skyward Sword then? <laughs> is, well, is it Skyward Sword if it's good? Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that it could be both those things, yes. I had kept an open mind about this game and had hoped that they could improve it in a lot of ways that would make me enjoy it more than I did. Well, actually, I did enjoy it back when it came out. I just know that... I did not. You did not. But I just... I really dislike this game. Well, I think a lot of your enjoyment of this depended on whether you had the Motion Plus. Some of it. I mean, I did have the... I got the version with the stupid gold Motion Plus thing. Mm -hmm. And if I just don't... It's not what I I don't want to think about the combat in Zelda that much. Like it's it's just like oh look they wangle this thing. It just feels like a it felt like a Wii Sports Resort mini game. In fact, most of Wii Sports Resorts mini games were test beds for the mechanics of this game. Yeah, like and that is not a compliment to either of them. Well, Vincent brought up in his discussion on Death's Door that Fuck Zelda that sequence <laughs> that Zelda isn't about combat. Combat no. is just like 
a means to an end. It's a way to get yeah. you from one puzzle to the next puzzle. It's an adventure game, not an action game. Yeah. Like, uh, and it, I mean, it is an action adventure because they do put the combat in there. It is. But, but it's just to keep you from just running from one puzzle to the next, to break things up a little right. bit. Right, but there's a reason it's established the adventure game. The, right, the, it's the genre. Yeah. That's where it came from. Yeah. And, like, it's the first time I ever heard anything called an adventure game was when the first Zelda came out. Yep. And it was really an yeah. adventure game. Yeah. The, well, there was combat there's in that tons. Too. I mean, you're fighting tons of stuff in that game. You, yeah. that, that First, Zelda will kill you in an instant if you don't, if you yeah. don't watch yourself. But... Like every game was like that then. It was that wasn't yeah. all that unusual at the time. The unusual part was that you had this big world to wander around in and find these dungeons. You could find the wrong one at the wrong time. You, you know, you had to have the map that came with the game to understand where anything was. Sometimes, uh, it was sort of uh, it was a, when the first time a console game had really sort of thrown you to the wolves that way. You know, yeah. like PC games did that all the time. Yeah, right. you know, like P, like computer games did that all the time with like the Might and Magic stuff and all that. But like this was a new thing, um, and then it kind of more evolved into. Uh, focus. I think by Link to the Past, at the very least, it had evolved into more focused on the puzzles and the dungeons and mm-hmm. the and the and the thinking your way through things rather than fighting things. Like the you know the combat was always there, but it was more of a mild gateway to the next thing. You know, you know, being able to beat a boss has never been as big a problem in Zelda as not having the hook shot. Right. Yet, yeah. You know, like that's that's yeah. your gate your gateway is, is well, that's how they gate the game. Yeah. Is upgrading yeah. is more important than like getting good at fighting. Yeah. Because um, beating the boss in the Zelda game is never about skill. No. It's about figuring it out. It's always the pattern and it's usually at least in Ocarina and going forward, it's always like what is the new item you got in this dungeon? That is what you need to figure out how to use to defeat to beat this, this boss. Yeah. yeah. And Zelda bosses, once you figure out what you're supposed to do, you can beat them, no problem. Yeah. And in some cases, within like 10 seconds. Yeah. Like it's There's literally... a reason, the reason people love speedrunning the Zelda games. Yeah. And you're right. This was kind of the first Zelda game, 3D Zelda game, that really focused mm-hmm. on the combat. And that's all because their Nintendo system at the time was all built around motion controls. And... Again, that was mm-hmm. my biggest complaint with this game when it came out. I did have the Motion Plus, and it still just didn't work right. Yeah, and there was, like, more complicated, not complicated, but there was more involved combat elements in Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. Yeah. But I think those games were about as far as it needed to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, Wind I, Waker... I would argue, had, Ocarina of Time, they figured out, like, the combat, more or less, and that was Wind, as far as it needed to go. But Twilight Princess, and especially Wind Waker, had, you know, the counters and flipping over the guy yeah, and kind of all that's that. that's true. You know, and, and Wind Waker added sort of the musical element where, like, the, you know, the, and this has that, too, to some degree, where, I, like, as you hit things, like, you get a little musical tone that, like... It's like a song up. that plays, yeah. and every time you hit them, the note changes. The note goes and, up, and yeah. it like, kind of makes it more, more... It's supposed to make it more exciting, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think Wind Waker really nailed that in the end. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't like there's moments in this one you know because you're supposed to be able to swing the sword a certain way and if they're blocking this way you swing it the other way and uh you know it, it, it's functional like but is it it's yeah when I mean, you're I can, talking about the hd remake? yeah i'm really? talking i can i mean i can do it but i don't like it like it's it, it, like, oh, all, i hate it it's just like i'm sitting <laughs> there I'm, like, I'm sitting there like why am i doing why am i having to take this much time to get through like a basic moblin right and like like I boom boom okay you can't boom 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 oh they blocked the last one now I got to do the weird thing the diagonal thing it's okay now it's now he's dead okay and like it, it's the only Zelda uh, at least the mainline Zelda I can think of when I come back in a room from somewhere else and all the enemies have respawned and I just go oh for fuck's sake I gotta it's fight like, these guys you gotta again. do this again you know, like, yeah it's just it's not fun 
Yeah, it's I, not. It's not fun. And I I played it with them. I tried it with the Joy Cons uh, briefly, and it still works pretty much the same as the old one did. I guess I played it with the mostly played with the Pro Controller. Me too. And I can I can get it to work. Like it's fine. My, I you feel like I can't get it to work. I can, I can do it. I can do the combat just fine. I just don't like it. My problem is, um, my biggest problem with this game has always been. The camera can go fuck itself uh, because they because the Wii had no right analog stick. There was no way, clean way to buttons. control the camera, yeah. and now the right analog stick is being used for the sword. Yeah. So there's still no way to just swing the camera, around. and the camera's always at a weird, awkward oh, angle. If you hold you, the L1, you can tap L1. You can move the camera, right? But you hold L1, you can look around like that, and you can tap it, and it goes behind you. But I don't have any way to adjust it well, as you, yeah, I move. Yeah, you tap L2, and it will center. So L2 yeah. center, hold L1, well, see it. and you have control of the camera. Yeah, but you can't really do anything. Oh, it's that insane! Way. Like what it I'm is saying. Insane. What I'm saying is that we are used to in modern games, even back then, we're used to being able to adjust the camera on the fly as we move. Yes. As you move through the through the world, the character, you know, dark any Dark Souls any player game. knows this. Like you, you have to be able to move the camera around to keep the, keep the character in view. And there's even things where like like um, what was I using? Uh, the slingshot. You activate the slingshot, and it tilts the fucking camera down. Yeah. And I can't. Look Look up anymore? Like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, it's very weird. I, I found the button controls in this to be completely untenable. Like, I'm making it through the game. I'm almost finished mm-hmm. with it. In all honesty, right. I'm really close. And it's to also the end. like I find it, it is fr- so annoying. I find it frustrating when you run into like in the first dungeon, you run into the, the you know the little dragon thing that has the three heads, and you have to hit them in the right. You know, right. they, they, they line the up. You have to do the slight. Yeah. yeah, and it was just this moment where I'm like, look, I don't have an issue doing that mechanically, but it's just like. It was just a reminder of how how thoroughly this game's design is torpedoed by bowing to the gimmick. There's no saving it. No. That's what I realized playing this. There's no, no saving There is no way game. to save this because game. Because this game was built around the motion controls, there is no way to fix it. Yeah, it was built around a fad. There's never going to be enough buttons on any controller Zelda, to yeah, make this work. Never. There is Zelda... One of Zelda's strengths as a series, as a franchise, is that the games feel timeless. This does not, no. and never will, and it never will. It and there's huge, nothing you can do about that. Huge mistake on Nintendo's part mm-hmm. to build. Look, just look at that. I know. Yeah, and that's you know, even when he just pulls the sword out, he just holds it out in front of him like an idiot. When you're and running like, around, you're running around. He's like, like, it's like a, so, oh, it looks ridiculous. I was gonna say like a dousing rod. Yeah, it does like a dousing. Does have it does a have dousing rod, with the sword, which is also yeah. the other really annoying part of this game is the dousing. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, they've had that in other Zelda games. For whatever reason, it's way more prevalent in this game. The other thing that this game has that most Zelda games don't have is just unending fetch quests. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the game, there's a terrible fetch quest. And I haven't made it to the end of the game, but I did read something about it. And they're saying that they didn't really touch it at all. No. But before you fight every boss, you have to go and collect, like, six parts of a key. Mm -hmm. So you get to the boss door, and it's like, oh, you don't have a key. You need to go collect five or six doodads. And use the dousing rod to go find them. But and the, even any other Zelda, I mean, like Wind Waker had sort of a similar thing with the Triforce quest at the end. Right. There. But, like, I enjoy and sailing in that game. And that was kind of annoying, it was, it, was, it was not ideal, but I also enjoyed sailing in that right. game. Like, yeah. there's nothing I like doing in this. <laughs> like, the flying's not bad, but you don't do it. Right. 
it, it doesn't just, do anything. It's just a way to get from like one world to the next. And there's like little things that I, you know, I'd forgot. I haven't played this since it came out, you know, yeah. so I've, I've forgotten a lot of it. And like, oh, I got stuck on the same part of the I, game. I got although stuck I on remembered, back I, I remembered <laughs> some surprising amount of things. But like, there was a moment where, I, you know, the first time I had to sleep until it was nighttime to do like one of the side quest things. One of the things I was like, oh, I, I should go fly around and see. Uh, what the what the world looks like at night, and then like you just fall off the thing, and they the the, the night guy puts drops you back. He's like you can't fly on your loft wing at night. That's too dangerous. I was yeah. like, screw what are you. you? Like, what is, you're on it. Like you're like, you? And also it's it's like so cheap. It's like we wanted to throw in the day night thing because we knew Zelda fans would expect that, but we didn't want to put in the work to make two versions of the world. So just go screw yourself. Well, you they also just the didn't day. want to work on the passage of time. Yeah, because it doesn't. You have to go sleep for the right. time it never, to move forward. Yeah, it doesn't day do never it on ends its own. unless you do it. Yeah. If you stay up, it's always daytime. Yeah. It never naturally changes. And there's so many night. weird. Like, why is there a crafting system that requires me to 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 grind enemies to get the components to upgrade my stuff? Why are you making like the all this? Why is the iron shield damaged by a guy kicking it like this yeah like there's all these weird tedious things in it that i don't under especially because there's so much of this game that is so clearly my first zelda like like you know they were making a lot of this with the assumption that a lot of the people playing this game were going to have never played a real video because game before because of the wii's success yeah. and like which is i mean at least they got rid of the whole like it tells you what a heart does every time you reload yeah. the save like some of that stuff's They've gone some of that stuff five def- definitely is less annoying in this she pops up less often yep. she, she, her voice is less annoying now i think they, they changed the sound a little bit um but like for a game that's so rooted in like my first Zelda, we want people to discover Zelda with this game. Like, there's so much tedious bullshit it you really have to do, is. and so much weird like stuff like this. Like, I had completely forgotten that that was a thing in this game, and running. Did you your, leave the room and you're like, no? Well, but I, but I'm, I was just thinking, I didn't have a problem with it. But later, I was thinking like when and I hit one of those cubes that I had to to hit with it again, and I, I remember thinking like. If I had just picked this up after a couple of weeks of not playing it, I would never remember that that is a thing yeah. I have to do. And it's a, it was a weird thing where it's like it doesn't remind you of the things that are unique to the game that require you to do to progress, but it constantly reminds you of what a rupee is. Yeah. It's like, why? <laughs> like what? <clears throat> I'll say this. Playing this brought back a lot of memories because, as I mentioned earlier, I got stuck on the same part that I got stuck on way back when I played this originally. And I remember I was playing it on a debug, and there was only like eight people in the world playing the game at the time. Hmm. And so I had to start reaching out to other journalists to be like, what the hell? And it's the one area when you're running on the ball in the lava, Mm -hmm. and you do everything else in the room, and there's this other area of the room where you need to go because there's enemies there, and you can see that's the last part of the dungeon that you need to complete. And there's these two kind of old pillars in the lava. And the game makes it seem like you need to find some way to destroy those pillars. Mm-hmm. Like either by throwing a bomb at them or rolling over them with the ball that you're rolling on. Because they already taught you in the game that you could roll over enemies and kill the enemies. So you think they're building your knowledge base so that then you use it to roll through the pillars and break the pillars. It doesn't work. And so I was like, I remembered I got stuck on this before. And I, it took me like five minutes to still remember the solution. And it is... There's this one texture that has this little crack in it that you will never see. Even if you know what you're supposed to be doing, it's hard to find the crack. And I was like, that's right. There's a crack on this wall somewhere. 
where I have to throw a bomb at mm-hmm. it, and it's hard to get the bomb exactly onto the crack. But five minutes it took me before I remembered, oh, yeah, I got stuck on this when I played this, and they hadn't changed it. Like, they didn't make the crack texture bigger. Like, some of the problems in this game, like, are still there. Mm-hmm. Like, a lack of clues for some things. Yeah. Like, well, it's like a little thing. I, I remember I didn't get stuck on this again, but I remembered being stuck on it on the Wii, the entrance to the first dungeon, you get that little tombstone that says, like, the bird raising to the sky or whatever. You look to the... Th- you basically, it's like, okay, you want me to hit something? It's, it's, I couldn't figure out what it wanted me to do. And it's and the find, crystal it's way It's a fucking above. crystal on the ceiling up there. And I'm like, you know what would have... How I would have seen that normally? If I could control the goddamn camera. camera. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that the, there's, like, a thing on the wall in front of you right. that shows a bird. And if you shoot the thing on the north, something happens. So you, when you get that tombstone message, mm-hmm. you shoot that, and you're like, okay, I did what the hint said. And again, you're right, because you're not always controlling the camera. You do not see that there is a crystal mm-hmm. right above that mural that you're supposed to hit. It took me like a minute before I figured it out. But I had been on a tirade of like trying to make the camera work in the game. Yep. Like There was a time where I was like, well, I'll just tape down the <laughs> L shoulder button. Mm-hmm. I had that moment where I was like, that'll work. And then I realized if I do that, I can't use the sword. Right. Because if you tap the L1, it gives you camera control, and then you can't use the sword. So it's like a modifier. Mm-hmm. It, and like, Making you're, you're, this game all around motion controls was a horrible idea. It was so short-sighted. Yeah. Which I have always said and was like roundly mocked at the time. Uh, also, I find it interesting that, like, at the time, it was that usual thing where, like, a Zelda game comes out and you can't say anything bad about it for six months uh, until the honeymoon period's over. And then after six months, everyone can it was like, yeah, I guess this is not. And then, like, Skyward Sword has been kind of acknowledged over time as, like, this was not very good. This didn't yeah. turn out too well. And now this thing comes out, and it's getting nines and tens again. Like, what the hell is going on? By the on? way, I'm helping you with a puzzle I guarantee you would have got stuck on right here. Finding this little rope on the side of the wall here. <laughs> I guarantee you, you would have stood there looking for what to do for at least 10 minutes before you gave up and Googled it. <laughs> I just showed yeah. you the solution. The uh, And it's just, I just can't believe anyone finds this acceptable. I mean, acceptable is almost as far as I'd go most of the time. Like, And there's some things in this game that I don't dislike. You know, like, I think I, the dungeon design's great. Dungeon design's good, especially off of how disappointing the dungeon design had been for two games before it. Um, and Or like, more like Wind Waker's lack of dungeons was really the problem there. Um this is the most, uh, I think this is the most, like, believable or at least the most, be- the best written the Zelda-Link relationship has ever been. Story's good, like, too. Like, story's solid. Yeah. Um, I like the, the visual design. I think the world looks good. I don't like the world very, I don't think the world's very interesting, but I do think it looks nice. I will say this. Um, so I've played. And I think the music's really good. It is good. Like it's, I mean, it's that's the not, first orchestrated Zelda soundtrack yeah. ever. It's the first time they got an orchestra to do it instead of it being MIDI. Um, there are parts that I like about this game still, like a good bit of it. But the problem is, is that the combat is so prevalent in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if you got good with using the analog stick to either do a diagonal or a vertical slash. I could hardly yeah. ever differentiate. I mean, I can do that. I get, I can do that when I, you know, because when you have to deflect the stuff, like yeah. with the, the first fight with Zan. So I can yeah. do, I mean, I can get that done. Um, the main thing I always, uh, the problem I always have is I forget that it takes time for him to draw the sword. Right. So, like, I forget that it's better to have the sword out already. And run around with it. And run around, always have it sticking around, like, pointing at people. Um, yeah. I mean, for all its faults, I have pretty much stuck with it. 
I, yeah, I mean, I'm it, pretty much at the end of the game at this point. Will I finish it again? Probably not. Yeah, I, I mean, I've played it more than I thought I would. Um, because it's got great dungeon design. Yeah. I mean, once you get it, it has dungeons. That's the other yeah, thing. Having dungeons is nice. Having dungeons is a big deal because the last one did not. And so it was. And it's also interesting to play this, Matt, and see some of the elements that I didn't realize at the time, or even after I played Breath of the Wild, I had forgotten mm-hmm. that some of the elements in Breath of the Wild were actually introduced here. Yep. The stamina meter. Stamina meter is definitely there. <laughs> my, my eternal nemesis, the stamina meter. It is in this game for running... Even when you use your sword, like if you do too many spin attacks, mm-hmm. you just stand there slumped and, and over. And I do. <laughs> and I do too. <laughs> because again, like if you, like using the right analog stick for the sword, like if I want to slash like right to left or left to right, sometimes I end up doing the spin attack instead because mm-hmm. it's, the spin attack is left, right, left or right, left, right. And so I really had, I, I have almost gone back to using the Joy-Con to play the rest of the game. I feel like I do have more control over my sword using the actual motion controls than using the the right analog stick to do it. Like a lot of the battles when I play with buttons, I just mash because mm-hmm. it, trying to get very specific with it is pointless because a lot of these enemies, if you mash, you'll just kill them anyway because eventually they'll change their stance yep. and you can slice so fast that as soon as they change their stance, you get those three slices in and they're dead. And so I am probably, if I do finish this game, I'm going to go back to motion controls and play it with the Joy-Con. Like, playing this with the button controls, to me, was infuriating. I, I still like the button controls more. Do you? Yeah. I, I, I really cannot emphasize how much I despise motion controls. I know you do. I know you do. Like, and I'm more open to them. And this is not basically. good. Here's the other thing. Like, with the camera and the con- – like, if this – if a, if, so, if someone who wasn't Nintendo released this game, released a game in this state with this these controls and this camera, it would get fucking roasted. Roasted, it's, like it would get fours and fives. I don't think it'd be that low, but it would be that camera with that camera. It, it would get fours it's and fives. A, it is a disaster. So I just gave up manually controlling the camera, and instead I'm just constantly tapping L L two. <laughs> this is just funny. Like, this, yeah. like that looks ridiculous. You think that looks good? I know. Anybody like that? When well, no, this is me spamming, yeah, the be, button controls. Well, because why play it the way it wants right. you to play it? Yeah, when you can just do that. Like, because it's all. Des- that's the other thing. Because it's my first Zelda. It's still designed to let someone get through that doesn't know what they're fucking doing. Yeah. So even with all this supposed intricacy to the combat, it doesn't matter. You can see right there. That's why I'm going back to motion controls to keep playing it because it's just absurd. I mean, that's me. still how I play it with motion controls oh, really? too. <laughs> you I just waggle like yeah, crazy. Who cares? <laughs> um, this game's sixty bucks, Matt. It is. Um, which is ridiculous. It is a ridiculous. It absolutely is ridiculous. You could have bought the original one for fifty. Or could you? Was it really sixty bucks at that point? I don't remember. Oh, the Wii, the Wii U, or the Wii, Wii games, one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That w- I think it would have been sixty at the yeah. time. Yeah, because yeah, I guess two thousand six is when they went up. To I 60. think I paid seventy because it came with the Wii Motion Plus. Oh, in right. Fact. Yeah, they did release that special version that had the gold yeah. Motion Plus. It didn't have the big long attachment. Right, it didn't have the, the plug in. It was just yeah. all incorporated. It was all built into it. Yeah, which was nice. That that became my default Wii controller after that. Yeah, um, and look, I did have some fun playing this. Um, half of the fun, I think, was remembering when I played it the first time and, yeah. like, trying and laughing at myself for stuff that I did remember and stuff that I didn't remember from playing it previously. Yeah, but mostly I just was like, ah, I wish they'd just brought Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD forward instead yeah. of this. There's no save in this game because no. it was built on motion controls. And, mo- and that's the thing about motion controls. It gives you more options than you would typically get from, like, an analog stick. 
But that also brings up an issue. If you decide to ever retrofit the game to an analog stick, it's not going to work. And that's exactly what happened with Skyward Sword. Um, but it does have its charms. The story's great. Um, maybe great's a little bit of a stretch, but it's probably one of the best stories in a Zelda game ever. And if you look at this game, how many more cinematics are in this than there were in Breath of the Wild? Yeah. It's way more story-driven than Breath of the Wild. And it's not embarrassing either. Like, the writing's pretty no. good. Like, it actually gets it actually gets there yeah. pretty well. And so there, it has its charms. Like, and the dungeon design's great. I like a lot of the boss fights. I thought they were fun and interesting. Like, and, it, and a lot of that, in all honesty, is thanks to the motion controls. Like, because a lot of the boss fights are like bowling. Like this one. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just rolling bombs. And that's something that you're not going to get in other Zelda games. But the other... <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, the eyeball <laughs> moving from side to side. Exactly. Um, uh... And those are a lot of elements you're not going to get in other Zelda games, which is why it... It's not completely unplayable, and I can't say, like, you should never play it because there are parts of it that I think are worth experiencing. Yeah. But, but it's, like, fighting I would, through the other stuff. Fighting through all of a sudden. Also, like, if it was, like, 40, I'd be yeah. more willing to say, hey, to go for it yeah. or something. Um, I mean, that's just been – I mean, that's hardly just this game. I mean, they want a 60 bucks for the remake of Link's Awakening, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, is that still 60 bucks? It is, yeah. It's still up there? Yeah. yeah. That would be a better purchase than this, though. I like I like that game more than Skyward Sword. For That's sure. a tough one, tough call for me. It's close, but I probably did like that better too, because <laughs> at least there weren't just intrinsic problems with trying to play the right. game. Well, so that game kind of codified what Zelda is. It did. Yeah, yeah. like that's you know the, the 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 items being more relevant and like changing how Link plays in a more dramatic way. All the dungeons kind of like you know doing that and like kind of progressing you through in that way. Like you know that uh, you know that's. Between that and Link to the Past, that really kind of like decided this is what a Zelda game is because yeah. we went through the first one and we're like we got as a ground groundwork, and then Adventure of Link was like, what the hell are you? Okay, I mean, yeah, I guess do that, sure, but that's let's let's go back to the yeah. the way we had it, uh, and then Link's Awakening kind of like really nailed down what in the end became the basis for Ocarina, bringing it into 3D. Yep, um, that's true. In the end, I would certainly have preferred uh, you know full up res versions of ocarina and majora's 3d from the 3ds yeah or literally literally anything (laughs) literally anything except a phantom hourglass port would be really well you know that's that's the only other thing that i you know oh re visuals by the way um so i was playing this for capture on just a monitor because it's by my pc and so it was just a typical ips monitor and i did not think it looked that good um, I was really disappointed in the visuals for the first, like, three hours I played it. Then I went out and played it on my LG CX, mm-hmm. and I was impressed with yeah, it. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah. The colors in particular. Pops and, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're just going to watch this on, like, a, some generic 1080p panel, I don't know. I mean, it didn't look great on my computer monitor when I was playing it, but then when I watched it on the TV, it, it looked a lot better. So, um Still, some stuff looks low res and blurry. Like they haven't redone like all the textures or anything like that. No, which I was really surprised at because some of them need them. The characters look better. They've redone the character models. They have not redone the environment. Is what I picked up on. Mm-hmm. That's what it appeared to be to me. Yeah, I think the re- the environment is mostly higher tech, better textures. Yeah. Also, Link looks like Michael Jackson in this game. <laughs> I just want to bring <laughs> yeah, that a up. Bit. I can see it that. drove me crazy once I realized it, and now every time I see him, I'm like hee hee. <laughs> 
But I don't know why he looks like Michael Jackson to me in this game. It's his nose mostly, I think. Yeah, there's a little bit of that too. Yeah, even from head on, it looks like Michael Jackson, which I found really bizarre, and I never picked up and on that. And then you get it first... back into the like, Jackson's Peter Pan fixation <laughs> yeah, and exactly. his relation to Pippi. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> The whole new weird yeah. area now. Yeah, but I, I do not recommend buying this at sixty bucks, especially if you played it back for the Wii. Yeah, what like about if you if you love if you love this game? I guess you're not. Well, going to yeah, change I mean, your mind. You are, you've already, already bought, bought it. it. You don't you don't care about what we say about this game if you already think it's the bee's knees. What about people who have never played it before? Eh, don't do that to yourself. Yeah, I have problems recommending it for them either, even though it is a really integral to. The Zelda timeline. Yeah, it's the first game chronologically. It's the m- really important. Like, you learn where the Master Sword comes yeah. from. You learn why it's called the Master you Sword. You do. You learn, like, how you became friends with Princess Zelda and what built the bond mm-hmm. between those two characters from the beginning. Why every why all the symbology in Hyrule looks the way it does. Yep. Like they, they, they really did go in hard on the origin story. And, like, mo- unlike Solo, like, most of the answers are pretty satisfying. They are, yeah. And they make sense. Yeah. And that it is important for that. And the design, dungeon design is good there's also a couple um power-ups that are fun to use or really yeah. versatile to like use. i think that's why people even people who didn't like it like me like we're still sort of had a little bit of hope on this one because it was the yeah. like you said the hope that you change it to button controls get something like functional or workable even if it's not great yeah like we can get through this thing and have a good zelda game on our, but I, you know i i agree with you um it's you can't salvage it. It's it's it's, no it's going. It's it's mired in the design that, that was built around the motion controls, and there is no fixing that. Yeah, because the whole game is built around slicing yeah. in very specific yeah. directions. You'd have to you'd literally have to remake it from the ground up. Maybe the Steam controller could handle it. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah. though, it yeah, might. Yeah. But or we'll maybe never the know. Steam Deck could handle it if you play. If and you, I don't condone this, but if you played it on an emulator, I'll condone the shit out of that. <laughs> well, I won't. But I mean, look, you can you can stick the. Di- I mean, there's no disc here, but you can stick yeah. the disc of the old game in and play it on Dolphin and basically run it that way. Yeah, that's like true. that's how I played Xenoblade. Okay, was I stuck? I stuck my Wii my Wii disc in it in the PC and played it off the disc, and uh, it worked great. Yeah, and that's not piracy. No, so, that's just playing a game I like. Yep, that, that you I bought and you own. That I own four times over, I might add. <laughs> I earned the right to play a nebulated version of Xenoblade. Uh, yeah. So I look. I and did I still some... bought the definitive edition and the new 3DS version. So go fuck yourself, <laughs> Nintendo. I did have some enjoyment playing this game. It wasn't a nightmare all times. It's just when in combat. Yeah. It just felt weird and clunky. Weird and clunky. And... It felt. You know what? If and at times it, it, it felt uncomfortably like playing a PS2 game. Yeah. Like, before we figured out how cameras work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it, actually. Uh, so there you go. That's The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Legend, Skyward Sword, more like <laughs> forward <laughs> floppy sword. Like, what What are you it's doing? So it's bizarre. so I mean, I know it had to be that way. Like, why wouldn't... Why? Did Just it have to go forward? Because it, it was supposed to be like emulating Centered. holding the Wii mote right. straight forward. Like that. But when you're using just the analog stick, it's just like, why are you... Just hold the sword, dude. Yeah, just like, hold it. And then... Anyway. Also, it's another example of uh, you know where motion controls sort of fucked with Link in that Link is left-handed. Right. And for Twilight Princess on the Wii and for... This on the Wii, they swapped that to to the right hand because right handed people Are felt like prevalent. it was yeah. felt like it was unnatural. And look on this, I can see that because you are directly controlling the sword, more one or less to one. one to one. Yeah. On Twilight Princess, that was nonsense. Yeah. Like it made no sense. Also, it was funny playing it on the Wii U because the Wii U version, the Wii U HD Twilight Princess, is the GameCube version. It's it's yep. the original version because the 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 way they did the right left f- flip for his sword hand. 
on the Wii was they literally flipped the whole game horizontally. Right. So the entire game is... Like mirrored. Yeah, mirrored versus the GameCube <laughs> right. version. Yeah. So the Wii U version is mirrored back. It's, it's the yeah. original GameCube version, but with the you know the up HD and the update and the gamepad stuff. Uh-huh. So you're playing a left-handed Link again, and everything I remembered was backwards. Yeah. Uh, playing. <laughs> and the weird. funny thing is, it works better that way. Like you can like left and right is a is a is a tricky. It should be the same thing. It shouldn't matter. Yeah, it shouldn't. But for some reason, a bunch of places in Twilight Princess felt more intuitive to me when something was to the left instead of to the right. Huh. And I'm I I I feel like there's probably a, some game design secret to why that yeah. is the way. Like some some psychological thing that the game designer level designers know about us that it's we don't like know about ourselves. Game developers they know how to space like the traffic light poles yeah. to give you a better sense of speed. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of tricks that developers mm-hmm. use that were completely There's a lot of psychology. Yeah, to, there's a lot yeah. of psychology to it. And yep. I feel like there must have been something because like like the the map of Twilight Princess uh flipped on the Wii U to me flip. I mean, the, yeah. the, it felt more natural or something more intuitive to me than playing it on the Wii did. Um but uh it was a dark period for uh for for <laughs> Zelda there. It, it was, was uh you know, and not, we're back. Not Twilight, I think Twilight <laughs> Princess. But that's the other thing is like playing the HD version of Twilight Princess, which I did not enjoy very much on the Wii with the waggle. Playing it was with a gamepad. I thought that was great. Yeah. I, it, it, you know, it, it was not like this because yeah. it was not as it wasn't built for it. It was yeah. just sort of a thing that they tacked on. And you can play. It was Twilight, really just waggle. Yeah. Right. You can yeah. Tw- you can play Twilight Princess with a button controller Fine. and not feel like you missed anything or that something is off or anything it's, weird. It was like the one to one thing. Yeah. What ruins it is having to slice in specific directions. That's mm-hmm. what keeps it from being able to be brought forward uh, mm-hmm. on new systems. That and, and also I think just the general shift towards making combat with individual mooks like right. more important on a moment like they shouldn't be that like yeah. i shouldn't have to feel i gotta square up with a bat right like it's just <laughs> like it's not how zelda should work <laughs> i agree yep uh, so anyway there you go that's skyward sword hd available for switch right now for 60 bucks but that's two don't buys from us no that's too much it's too much too and much for this Nintendo does do sales more often now, but my guess is this isn't going to be on sale for till the end of the year. If you're lucky, if you're lucky. Yeah, I mean you're you're still. I mean, not that I'm disappointed. I'm I'm certainly going to be willing to do it, but I'm I'm going to wince a little bit when I hand sixty bucks over for Metroid Dread. Because you know, and this is, and I'm super excited about right. that game. <laughs> this one is not even a competition on that. Another thing I would say too about Skyward Sword is that it's not the longest Zelda. Um, you could probably I mean, it's up there. Is it? Like, Time to Beat list is around 30, 34 hours without thought, doing um, anything else. It, well, it and Twilight Princess were the longest Zeldas. Twilight Princess is the longest, they're the, they're the same. Are they? They're about the same on Time to Beat. I've been yeah. whipping through this one. 30, it's 34 I hours. It 34 hours average for just the main story on I both of them. I feel like I've played it that long. Um, and I'm almost at there at the end. The longest is Breath of the Wild with, with the main story. That took me 60 on time, hours. on time to Beat, that clocks in around 50. It took me... 60, um, I think. So, but Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess are both like 34 hours on time to beat okay. for just just story. And then if you do everything, I think Skyward Sword is longer than the other one. I think Skyward wow. Sword comes in at like closer to 60. I seriously don't feel like I spent that. But much I time think Skyward Sword is longer because you have to grind for components and shit. All right. The time. You know, like it depends how long it takes you to get jelly out of the goo things. That and then the fetch quest that you have to do yeah. before every boss fight, like, and then at the end. Yeah, Twilight Princess does not have as much randomness to what you need to do to complete the whole thing. Yeah. So Sky- Skyward Sword is just like, so it's like not only are you making me do all the stupid fighting, but now i got to do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over until like, you drop the thing I need, Right. which makes it even worse. Yeah, that's so. true. Okay, it's time for our Q&A. 
Um, and luckily, uh, we went on Twitter and on Sifted.net and asked you guys for questions for our Q&A. And I just checked, and you guys came through. We have yeah. a lot of questions. But so, first. Well, I was all over that. Oh, I always that forget second? the ad at the beginning. I never forget yeah. it at the end because I have the Q&A to jog my memory to make sure that I right. launch it. That first. was right because sometimes you use the, sh- the, the ad to give people time to ask to, questions. Right. This one I always get. We don't need to do that today. <laughs> but anyway, we do have a Q&A section for you guys today. Probably won't be as long as normal. But before that, here's a word from our sponsor. It's time to find out why everyone is buying homes in Montana. The Shazer Ryan Realty has a totally remodeled four-bedroom, three-bath home for sale in Libby, Montana. Nestled next to the mountains on Libby Creek, this split-level home features almost 3,300 square feet of living space and includes a fully finished basement, a two-car garage, a barn, a shop, and much more. There's a covered back porch just off the kitchen, so you can enjoy your morning coffee the way nature intended. At $479.9, it's an absolute steal. They're selling homes as fast as they can list them. So if you're interested, do not hesitate to call Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643. Even if you don't live in Montana, you can contact the professionals at DeShazer Ryan Realty and they can help you with property in your area. For more, head to DeShazerRyanRealty.com. That's DeShazerRyanRealty.com. Okay, let's get into some Q&A. You guys did a great job going on Twitter and giving us a bunch of questions. First up from at Neo underscore, or no, actually just at NeoJD. Um, some of these questions are topics that we covered in the show. Um, and in fact, they asked about Loki. You already talked about that. Huh. Um, here's one. Thoughts on the Jackass Forever trailer? Could not possibly care less. <laughs> that... that franchise has jumped the shark because they literally do that they yeah. well they literally have done that before in imagine, Jackass. yeah but the to me the it's too contrived now mm. everything is set up because none of those guys are like crazy anymore like even steve-o is like eight years sober at this point <laughs> like they're all yeah. just like normal middle-aged guys now they're not going out and getting wasted and doing crazy stuff everything is like something that they've written down and planned and orchestrated. There's nothing impromptu anymore. Mm-hmm. There's nothing Everybody like... Everybody knows who they are. They, they have to have insurance Yeah, it's things. like the like, flying by the seat of the pants thing is gone. Right. The and jackass... Me, and look, I know it was never in a jackass. I think it's mostly like juvenile stupidity. But like... Um, I like there. It was of its time. It was, there was a time for that. There was a time yeah. where like you could get away with that, and they they, you know, they like you said, they didn't do things the right way. They didn't do it, go through the proper channels. They just went out and shot it. They and just did, did it. it. And like yeah, you know, like and I appreciate. I do appreciate that because we were part of that era too. Yeah. At a certain, you know, there was we certainly did our. We shot share. some stuff at X Play that we oh, weren't we, supposed yeah. to shoot. We, we shot a few <laughs> things without without the proper permits here and there. Yes, uh, we did. But. Uh, Sorry, the city of San Francisco. <laughs> or L.A. I did, did it in L.A. a bunch of times. Here and there, yeah. <laughs> Remember when we learned that you can't show the Hollywood sign without paying for right, it? Right, yeah, that was a hard lesson to learn. It's always better to ask forgiveness than ask permission. That's true, yep. <laughs> much easier. <laughs> anyway, um, so I appreciate that, but, like, yeah, it feels uh, feels like you're It's kinda... just too contrived now. Yeah. It just It's lost its magic. They may like do if, I wanna, if I want to see people do fake pranks or whatever or weird stunts, I can just – let the video ad play on Facebook as I scroll past it. <laughs> well, Steve-O was on that show, Hot Ones, where mm-hmm. they just eat oh, hot yeah, wings yeah. and they interview you or whatever. That's a great show. It is a great show. And at the end, he just poured hot sauce in his eyeball. <laughs> as like promo for the new Jackass. Sure. He's like, yeah, I'm working on the new Jackass. And he just goes, pour. Boink. 
it just felt so canned and mm-hmm. so planned. As soon as it's over, there's like a whole pile of towels waiting for him to like get the stuff out of it, and there's milk, milk for him everywhere. To pour his yeah. eye. Like it's just lost that special sauce that it had. In all honesty. <laughs> And then you have people like Bam Margera. Interesting, unconscious choice of words. Yes, exactly. And you have Bam Margera. He's like a total mess now. Like, he's the only one who actually is still kind of a jackass. It's almost like that wasn't a good thing, the way to live your life. Yeah. Especially, (laughs) how many of them are dead now? Like, it's... it's, Well, Dunn is dead from DUI. Right. He got in his Porsche and drove and died. Um, I think maybe one other one has passed away. But it just... And Dunn is gone. He was great in that show. Mm-hmm. He's not a part of it anymore. Like, just, they've all grown up. And there's nothing wrong with that unless you're trying to make a juvenile movie franchise like Jackass. And I just think the the special mm-hmm. elements. And I would say Dunn's stuff. thing, like, that adds some baggage to it. Yeah. That doesn't feel like it, you should it, it be ignoring it. It makes me feel weird watching it now. Mm-hmm. Like, with one, he's not there, which is weird because he was right, one of the best the people is, in the show. Right, because the crew is not complete. But two, it's like... You feel like the people who have been on Jackass should have learned something. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. Yeah. And some of them did. Like, obviously. They clearly Steve- did. Yeah. Steve-O's sober now, which is great. Like, because he was a mess. Like, it, there's these people. Like, there are some people that just go too far. And they don't know when to stop. Like, I can go out and drink. And I can get really hammered. And I can come home. And I don't drink again for, like, four months. Mm-hmm. Some people go out and get hammered. They go home, they keep drinking when they get home, and they get up in the morning, and if they don't keep drinking, they feel like crap. So that's where these guys were at. So I totally get that like they, they need to clean up their act, but it also made them, I hate to say it, less fun to watch. That's all there is to it. So it is what it is. Will I watch it eventually when it comes to HBO or Netflix or whatever I will? Will I pay to watch it in a theater? Hell no. Hell no. Um, here's a good one also from Neo GD. Why do you think Tencent bought Sumo? I don't know. I mean, because they're buying everything. Yeah, I mean, other than in a specific explanation for why they bought that particular, I don't know. Because Sumo's a great studio. Yeah, but like, what and are they going to do with it? There aren't that them? many great studios left that aren't owned by someone. It's yeah. a freaking gold rush right now. Sure, but in, like, in terms of like specifics to that deal, I don't know what they're planning. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, is there a game that Sumo made that Tencent wants to work towards? I mean, Tencent's just buying everything. Mm-hmm. That's just the truth of the matter. Like, I found out that um, in a roundabout way, one of my ex-employees at Game Trailers now works for Tencent. And, like, to me, he was just working on this, like, pop culture website and that I didn't visit. No one really talked about or whatever. But it turns out it's owned by Tencent. And that's why they have no traffic, but the business keeps sustaining because Tencent mm-hmm. has more money than God. So it's getting its fingers in every pie and right now, game game studios are disappearing. They're getting snatched up, and I think Tencent probably was just like, well, we can't let this gold rush go by without us striking our pick. So I think that's what happened. Um, and then the other one, are you guys getting a, a Steam Deck? I think we answered that one already. Yeah, I think we went through that. <laughs> um, already talked about that. Here's one from Mikey Mike's Q Novak. Uh, how long is it acceptable to wait for, quote, unquote, launch window promised features ps5 still lacks vrr expandable upgradable storage and there's no support for 1440p resolution like gaming monitors most of these things were promised and have not been implemented eight months later mm-hmm. i mean it's not it's no this is not launch window no we're, at, we're at, i think launch window you get six months at the outside max max, max. and i'll even give it a little more just because of how weird the last year was um, but I think we're as, as we close in on a year since launch, I think it's pretty reasonable to start saying like, "Hey, can we get some 
SSD models we can slap into this thing or what? Like, we, we, where is this? Can we get some games? I talked a bit about this last episode, but looking down the pike, there's not a lot of games coming for PS5 that are announced right now. I mean, I th- I think that applies to everything right now. Um, Series X got a shit ton. I mean, most. I of can th- whip off ten games I know right now that are coming to Series X. I can think of are, like four. For are PS5. any of Are any of them this year? I, I guess it depends. Yeah, there Halo obviously, Halo Infinite, Halo Forza. Yeah. Yeah, but what? I still know about like nine or ten. Yeah, other but games. who cares until they're coming out? Um, like I don't, all I, I said was you look at the calendar. There's nothing for PS5. That's I, it. And I say you look at the calendar. There's nothing for any of them past the end of this year. Like I don't know when any of the rest of this. I don't know when Fable's coming out. I don't know when any any of the other Microsoft stuff we know about. But we don't know release dates. We don't. I don't know any of that. Yeah. When the hell is Avowed coming out? Who gives a shit whether what, what, what I know Avowed exists? Where the hell is Avowed coming out? Like it's all the same thing to me. Um, we're we're gonna we're entering a drought period and it's gonna suck for everything. Uh, moving forward, I think for until at least mid next year. Um, but in terms of like the features he's talking about, like yeah, like we cl- closing in on November, it's gonna be like, well, is this ever happening or what? Like, and th- sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah, sometimes sure. they just the stuff goes away and there's never any explanation. Yeah. And for that's why. always been kind of an ex- you know even you know it's a different kind of thing. But there's plenty of expansion ports that mysteriously sit on the bottom of consoles even back in the day that were never used for anything. Yeah, the N64 was a good yeah. one. The DD never launched here, so that port never yeah. went used. I think there's still some ex- ex- auxiliary port on the original Genesis that never did anything. Yep. Yep, there's um, a port on the GameCube that was might as well have not been used. Yeah, that you for there's the a, network a, adapter. There's an expansion port on the back of the Saturn that only recently got used by a third-party device right. that somebody invented that yeah. lets, lets you dump all your games onto it and play it from there as like a little hard drive. That's pretty. Which cool. is awesome. It's pretty cool that they went back and used that port after all these years. Yeah. Well, it's also especially cool because it it ups uh, you can do HDMI out of it and like you can hook it up to modern systems, but it also means that you don't have to rely on that stupid. Ha- you know, a lot of those disk drives are breaking down these yeah. days, so it's a it's a solid state. Not, I don't think it's an SSD, but it is a a more permanent solution to how to get the data off your disks. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, like it's out of the grace period. Yeah, I think I think point. I think you're well into hold them accountable territory at this I point. I do. I will say this though. I do. Not think, that they care. What I think? do think that most of the things that Mike mentioned will come eventually. I yeah. do not think they're just going to disappear and never be addressed. No, I just I, I I think it's ridiculous that there's still no official word on what other hard drives you can put in that thing. Yeah. Um, because I really need to at this point. I have no more space for anything. <laughs> I would love to throw another few terabytes in there so I can like start installing other things yeah. and have access to them. But uh... yeah, uh, here's our last question because we are running out of time. Believe it or not, um, this is from Sorefear on Sifted in our forums, um, and he asks if you could no longer play video games anymore, what would you do with your time? Um, I'll start by saying that I've told a lot of stories on Game Face about a friend of mine that I used to have in Philadelphia that I played games with. And he he loved them just as much as I did. But he was a drum and bass DJ. And his whole world was trying to become a big DJ and a big drum and bass producer. And But he loved games as much as I did. But for he... He wasn't under any illusions that he could turn gaming into a job. He was like, I'm going to be a DJ. I'm going to be a music producer. And I was in college, and I was studying journalism. And I was like, I'm going to cover video games. But the difference between how much we love games was no different. He loved them just as much as I did. And unfortunately, two years ago, at the age of 37, he had a stroke just out of nowhere. 
like six of them in a row. And he is completely disabled now. He can't talk hardly. He can't walk. He can't do anything for himself, really. He can still produce drum and bass music because he got like a replacement for a mouse and keyboard that makes it accessible for him. Mm. And it's very tedious for him now. Stuff that he could just do in a second now takes like 30 minutes or whatever, but he can do it. And so that's what he's been doing. But he cannot play video games at all. He cannot skate anymore. And we used to skate together. He cannot play hockey. We used to play hockey together. His whole life is just, he can't DJ. Mm -hmm. He can make music because he can take as long as he wants to do that, but he can't DJ because he doesn't have the motor control anymore to very quickly use turntables and a mixer. And now there's pads and all this other stuff that you use while you DJ. And so his life was completely turned upside down. And so he's very much like me. So I've been watching what he's been doing with his time um, now that he can't play games and do a lot of things that he loves. And he just spends all his time making music now. So he's found one thing that he enjoyed that he can still do, and he's just doing that 100%. Um, mm. I don't know if I would do that if I were in the same... I'm trying to think what other situations there would be where you couldn't play games again. I mean, it's like it'd have to be like a magic situation where like just, right. you know, or, video games cease existing. Or something like, something like that. what happened to him. Sort yeah. of, but that's a more... That's more that's, I think this is more of a, if you couldn't do this one thing anymore, what would be your other hobby or something is less like... I would probably a be catastrophic doing life event. Yeah, cause it means you can't because because like most of my alternatives would also be out of reach if I if what happened to him happened to me. So yeah. it's not really an answer to that. Yeah, well, to um, answer it that way, I would just go back into DJing a lot more and producing music mm-hmm. more. It's just something I love to do, and it's literally completely fallen by the wayside ever since I started Sifted. It's mm-hmm. like it's this big part of my life that's been a part of my life since the early '90s. That has just completely disappeared for the last six years. And it sucks because when I do go home and I hang out with all my friends from that scene and they're like, oh, you know, what have you been playing? Like, what tracks have you been buying? And I'm like, nothing. Like, I can't mm-hmm. relate with them anymore on a lot of levels and I hate it. It really bothers me. I feel like it's a part of me that's just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's exactly that's what I would do. What about you? Um, well, I guess like... Uh... Like, video games are not that huge a part of my daily existence, really. They're certainly not anymore, as they, like like they used to be, I guess. Like, certainly when I was in my 20s. But, like, like, if video games went away for some reason, I would just... My other interests would just sort of shift to fill... The, like, I would read more, I would play more board games, I would deal with my Transformers room more, I would... Uh, you know, watch more TV shows. Probably, yeah. I, 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 the TV shows are probably the main thing that I've given up on watching a lot of because they're more of a time commitment. Yeah. Um. So like, am I gonna if I'm gonna spend Not two hours? It's ten hours. Ten hours. Right. Hours. If I'm gonna spend yeah. ten, fifteen hours doing something. It's usually like, am I gonna play this game or gonna watch this show? Yeah. And generally, I watch. I play this game. Um. When I have that kind of time available. Yeah. Uh, if we weren't doing this show, I would be interested to see what my answer to that would be. Yeah, because it would change. Um, I would definitely play fewer new things. I would probably just concentrate on things that I already know have. Know you love already. Play all, but yeah, I would probably just play No Man's Sky a lot, and like <laughs> that would be the end of it. Um, but like, yeah, I would think I would just... Sh- I would miss it, but I think I would just shift my other interests to fill more of my time. It would not be like... 
it would not be some kind of like life quake sort of like oh my god now what do i do every day kind of thing it has, just hasn't been that for a long time yeah which is maybe silly for someone who owns like a thousand games to say <laughs> but also sometimes i do look at those you know you saw those shelves in the background when yeah. we were doing it through zoom and every once in a while i look at those and i'm just like how many of these am i ever even going to touch again i've already accepted that i won't touch them most of them ever again yeah i'm just going to sit on them until i'm ready to sell them Mm-hmm. And the way game prices have been going up, True. I think by the time we're ready to retire, we could make. Because you got to realize, some of our games are old right now. Imagine in twenty years, yeah. how old and rare they're going to be. Like I said, I should have kept the box on Mario sixty four. <laughs> all of them, yeah, yeah. I wish I had kept all the packaging for everything I've ever bought ever. I don't. I, I do. I've uh, I have kept the packaging for a lot of things, and it never pays off. If I had, like, original packaging for my Atari 2600 collection, I was a kid. So mm. I didn't give a crap about any of that. I threw my cart- carts around, like, didn't care. Once I learned the game, I didn't give a crap about the instruction manual. Mm-hmm. Like, I most all my Atari 2600 collection are just carts. Yeah, but also remember, also remember that the really valuable stuff is pristine. It is, yeah. It's stuff that's never been opened. It's, it's still in the shrink wrap that somebody got from Kmart back in 1980 or something. Yeah. Um, you know that's the stuff that's really it valuable. Is. That's true. Um, but some, you know, so I got a. I, we, got, I think we both probably have a bunch of games sitting on shelves. We got as like kind of review copies or whatever yeah. that we never opened because they already of, they sent us a download they, code, a download or code, or a, or a, or a, a you know a preview build that was still the final build, or like we yep. got three copies and like yeah, yeah. we took home one and the other one that was open was like a show copy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got you know I got the, the Baldur's Gate like resurrection thing that's about. I, I I went and dug out my old Dark Alliance and Champions. Of Norath games, and they're all still in shrink wrap. Yeah. And I'm like, and those are worth like, hundreds of dollars now for no good reason. Yeah, like two years before I left GT, we cleared out our game library. Like, we just mm-hmm. went in, and, like, I was like, this is the stuff we need to keep for capture purposes on down the road. Everything else can go. And we just put them on a big pile, and we just took turns picking games. Um, and so I got a lot of shrink wrap games that way mm-hmm. because the review copy ended up with Mike Damiani or whatever, one of our editors, and we'd always get, like, more than one. And then the sealed one, we just pop it back in our library. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there was tons in that. And it does suck that, like, I then ended up leaving GT two years later. And I was the one getting all the code, by the way. Mm-hmm. I was getting it all, talking to the publishers, getting it in, begging for multiple copies so everybody in the office could play stuff. And we were putting it back in there. And then when GT folded, they didn't invite me back in for, like, the game thing. Like, even mm-hmm. though I had collected all those games in that library... Like, I saw they did, like, a video about it. I was like, really? You guys didn't invite me back for that? Like, what the hell? But whatever. It is what it is. Um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we answered the question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's I it. I would finally get around to finishing Gloomhaven. That's what the answer to that is. Oh. <laughs> All right. That's it for Game Face 264. Not only that, it is that is it for the penultimate episode from this studio. Um, Matt, I'm trying to figure out whether... I should bring the Space Invader motif to the new studio or not. What hmm. do you think? Oh, is that what that is? Okay. You never realized it was a Space nah, Invader? I, I just saw, like, It's easier shapes. to tell if you look in, like, the monitor. Yeah, I guess so. And if so. you see, like, the ears on the top. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say leave it. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't even know you that's never knew what, what it was. was so. Okay. It's much easier, too, when the camera's panned out and you can see, like, the ear, like, wings or whatever. Right. I guess I for Space Invaders, I tend to... Localized. It's, it's the bottom part that I identify more as yeah. Space Invader. Yep. So anyway, this is our next to last episode here. 
Uh, you have to wait and see what happens with the new studio and what it looks like. That'll be two weeks from now. We will have one more, one last episode here in this studio next Tuesday. I have to come in here on Thursday for them to hook the internet back up mm -hmm. to do one episode of Game Face and then tell them to disconnect it <laughs> like two hours later. It is what it is. And I do apologize for not being able to do the show live, but literally we have no internet here. There's nothing we could do. I had to use my cell phone plan to even get your questions off of uh, Twitter and sifted.net. So next week, last episode here, and then the one after will be in our brand new spot. Really excited about that. Um, as always, if you're listening to this show out on any of the podcast services it's on, and it's on all of them, and you want to be able to support the show, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. You can pledge a dollar a month. You can pledge $100 a month, whatever. Um, anything helps us, and we'd really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe with Twitch Prime. We're giving you guys three hours a week of gaming discussion with gameplay footage. Where else do you get that in this day and age? Like, nowhere. The least you could do is take five seconds to click on the internet twice and give us 250. We'd really, really appreciate it. Um, also, another final reminder that Ask Shane Anything is recording live this Saturday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, again, you need to pledge $7 or more per month to participate in the live recording of that. Everybody gets to watch the archive when it's over. So don't sweat it. If you're not pledging at $7, you still get to watch Ask Shane Anything. You just don't get to participate in it. But anyway, just keep an eye on Twitter, on our Patreon as Saturday gets closer, and we'll have all the details for that. Um, man, I think that might be it. Sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. That's D-I-N-F-I-R-E. You can find Matt on Twitter at mkyle. And if you aren't a paying customer, either as a subscriber at sifted.net or a patron at patreon.com slash sifted, and you want to know what's going on as far as when all our content goes up for free, you should definitely follow Sifted at Sifted Games on Twitter. That's where we announce everything, including with 30 minutes before showtime that this show would not be streamed on Twitter. So I do apologize, or I'm sorry, on Twitch. So I do apologize. I did go into the Twitch chat and literally spammed it with, we're not doing the show. We're not doing the show. To try to let you guys know, if you did show up and didn't know what was going on, follow us on Twitter at Sifted Games. We announce every single thing we do on there. So it's very important. Uh, so on behalf of Matt, I'm Shane. We'll see you last next Tuesday for the last episode from this studio. Game Face is up and out.